everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Reactionaries podcast, the first non-Fast and the Furious movie. Today's movie, this week's movie, is Death Machines 1976. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, our fans heard yesterday that in the future, murder is not a crime. Mm-hmm. So, what gives? Because murder is clearly a crime in this movie. Well, I, I meant to respond back to that text that you sent me, but if murder was not a crime, assassin wouldn't be a profession. <laughs> I guess not, huh? Because anybody could just do You would just go do a crime. Yeah, why would you pay a guy like a hundred grand? Like, or you could just do it yourself. Yeah. Reap no consequences. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll just go shove this guy off the building. I told you before we started recording that I had one of the characters, one of the actors on a drink, and I would just like to take a nice big sip out of this drink right here. So you can see this Asian Arizona green. <laughs> Dragon lady. <laughs> this Arizona green tea. Mm. Except her hair looks a little more conservative on that. that That's true. That's very true. And now I'm going to cough. <laughs> That's what I get for doing light racism, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, like I said, this is the Reactionaries podcast. This week's movie is Death Machines from 1976. Uh, if you did not listen to yesterday's episode, you can throw out the last 10 minutes because this movie was billed as being one thing and it's actually something completely different. <laughs> this was sold as being a science fiction movie by the um, distributor. Interesting. Yes. It's not. No, it's really not. But, you know... <laughs> I would go as far as saying it's not really an action movie either. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm going to be it's, honest with you. It's like an art house film at the end of the day. <laughs> it's so weird. It's it's an action movie and then a romance movie for like 20 minutes and then an action movie again. Yeah, there's a whole different movie plopped right in the center of it. Yes. So the gist of this movie, which throw out what we said yesterday, it is this woman we got the Charlie's Angels part right, basically. We did. This, this woman is Bosley. Uh, this woman is Charlie. They've got a Bosley. No, and... no. There's another Charlie who shows up for like. Oh five yeah, minutes. that's right. So there's she's a middle manager. That she's middle Bosley. <laughs> she's middle Bosley, and then there's Bosley, Mister Lou, and basically this whole movie is about getting assassination contracts. Correct. Taking over the uh, the turf of the assassination, the contract killing industry basically yeah of this small town of which we never find out where it is we know that there's a close city called santa mira because they keep talking about we'll send you over to santa mira right couldn't find it on a map <laughs> it's probably california probably yes yeah so it's la we'll say it's la even though the the opening is in the golden gate park rose garden probably probably but it, it's what it looks like right <laughs> all right so joe death machines Okay. Build as being a science fiction movie takes taking place in the near future. We actually find that that's not actually close to being true. Yeah, it's taken in the in the distant past by this point. Yeah, at that point it was pretty much the exact present. Right. (laughs) So, Uh, all right. Death Machines, made in 1976. Written and directed by Paul Kiriaza. Produced by and starring Ron Marchini. We'll get to that later. Uh, budget, $70,000 estimated. <laughs> Which is, what, $6.2 million in today's money? Yeah, I guess so, because they blew up a lot of stuff in this movie. Um, 
Box office unlisted. That's a shocker. Oh boy, that's okay. that's that's how you know it's a winner. Uh, Jeff. Joe. Ron Marchini is the star of this film and also the producer of this yes. film. Would you like to know about Ron Marchini? I don't want to, but I'm sure you'll tell me anyways. You bet your ass I will. He was born in 1945 in Stockton. He is still alive today. Wow. considered to be one of the top karate tournament fighters of all time. He is in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. Yes, for for karate people. Uh, Isn't this usually reserved for like eight-year-olds? Yeah, well... (laughs) Apparently there's like a, like a Cooperstown for, for karate people, and that's what this is. Uh, in 1969, he was the number one ranked karate fighter in the U.S., and by 1972, he was still number three. According to Chuck Norris, what? Marchini was among the toughest fighters he ever faced, and huh. starred in 11 films, including the 90s quote-unquote hits, Omega Cop, and Karate Cop, both written and directed by Paul, what was his name? Kiriak. The guy <laughs> from this movie. The guy who did this movie. Oh, um, that's amazing. And Omega Cop also stars one Adam West. Oh my God, Batman himself. I'm guessing as Batman. I, I'm guessing we're going to be covering that movie. Uh, <laughs> that's that's also, one step in a near future yeah where, <laughs> where uh, watching omega cop is no longer a crime only a job right <laughs> only a menial task uh sur- he's also survived a drive-by shooting but that well, is less impressive knowing that he grew up in stockton yeah i was gonna say well if you're from stockton that's kind of a given right those are my ron marchini notes all right so that's I'm shocked. This is part of the machine Marchini verse. Marchini verse, which actually yeah. exists. There's like the, eleven of these films. The original MCU, the Marchini Cinematic Universe. Right. And he plays this uh, the Mar the Marchini Cinematic Universe uh goes across like twenty five years and he plays in most of these films, not this one he plays a robotic super soldier, but in the other films, like nine of the other films, he plays the exact same character. Like literally the exact same character? The same character in all of these. So he's it's it's almost a franchise of this guy's like films. All right, strap in if you guys like the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> you're going to love the next <laughs> 10 weeks where we exhaustively go through all the Marchini-verse movies. Marchini Madness. <laughs> Marchini Madness. Yeah, that'll come next March. We'll have Marchini Madness. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So yeah, I, I don't even know how I would begin to preface this movie. I feel like we should almost just dive in. Let's just dive in. It starts with the same pyramid from the intro that has no bearing on the rest of the movie. Correct. uh, Creepy silver pyramid faces. The pyramid opens. We get the animation title appears. Same thing from the trailer. We get the same wind. Same wind all over the trailer. Uh, And the same synthesizer music. Uh-huh. And we learned there will be an original song in this movie with lyrics called Devil called, by the Door. Called Devil by the Door. That's correct. Um, so we open on the scene that I had already known about. The Asian dragon lady 
and a man with a mustache who would turn out to be kind of like the Asian Bosley. His name turns out to be Mr. Lou. Mr. Lou. And we have to give our anti-cancellation shield uh, preface again. She, they're Her, called she's white. She's listed. Yeah, yeah, Dragon Lady and Asian White Death Machine Lady. and right. White Death Machine and Black Death Machine and Asian Death Machine. All right, anti-cancellation shield is up, Joe. Yeah. Okay, we're safe. Uh, she is watching three pairs of men fight to the death. Joe, are they segregated by race by chance? They absolutely are. Oh, <laughs> All boy. of them are segregated by race. We have the Asian guy fighting an Asian guy, black guy fighting a black guy, white guy fighting a white guy. We don't know who the death machines are yet. Oh, but we will. But we will. The Asian guy has two swords and his opponent has a nunchuck staff. Yeah, it's like uh, if Donatello from the Ninja Turtles put nunchucks at the end of his staff like that's put what michelangelo's like. weapon in yeah exactly on the ends of his, they his hacked weapon. it together and they're fighting in a place that looks like old the rose garden in golden gate park the japanese rose garden which it could be because paul kiriazi paul k <laughs> paul k, k. Uh, writer director of this film was uh visionary born in SF. visionary yeah so it's quite possible he just like brought his camera to the rose garden yeah so um so I only saw one of these fights as being worth talking about because it's the funniest of the three fights. Okay. But can, can I set up what, cause the weapons true. matter here. That's true. They are very racist. Black guy has a double sided spear with feathers on the yeah, end. With, with plumage behind like the, like an African dart would look, but like on the edge of this spear. Yes. Um, the opponent has a katana, I believe, or some, some sort of sword. And the white guys are fighting with bare hands, but that turns out to be the most interesting <laughs> of the three fights. <laughs> so the uh, white guy first. I got before I get into the fights. The white guy gets kicked in the balls. Yes. His... <laughs> yeah. You notice that he does. He tries to go for like a high kick and just gets one square in the square in the grind. Square in the dingleberries, and then the Asian guy with the swords wins. Yeah. The black that... guy with the spear wins. Those are our two death machines. And then we have white guy who pulls out a dagger. Oh, so, so one of the white guys the, pulls out a dagger. The okay? one who got punched in the or kicked in the crotch pulls the out a dagger in, in the balls. The other white guy counters with a pistol from his. <laughs> he pulls a pistol out of his ankle Ank bracelet and shoots the guy. <laughs> yep. There you go. That's all it takes to be the white death machine is owning a gun. So, so yeah, I, I got to imagine in his head, he's like, wait, like his last words passing through his minds were, wait, this was allowed? <laughs> yeah, I would have brought a gun. I totally would have armed myself. I just brought this, this, this butter knife to this fight. Right. Um, so then we, we kind of get a, a scene where Asian dragon lady is talking to a mysterious man in a dark room. Yeah, but first she's very pleased. She's very happy with yeah, the results of the fight. Yeah, she was watching the fight. She says, they will do nicely. And right. real quick, actually, we'll get into this when we talk to this dark room. I have a question for you. <laughs> okay, so we get into the dark room. She's talking to a mysterious man. The mysterious man motions for her to sit on a spotlit chair. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy's in the shadows. We don't know what he looks like. Um, Asian dragon lady... I have some dialogue here. She says, the drug worked as you said it would. 
They are completely under our control. The mystery man says, you mean my control. The Asian <laughs> dragon lady says, of course. And the mystery man says, these three men will form the nucleus of the most deadly group of assassins in the world. The, the most deadly group of assassins the world has ever known. Mm-hmm. Three of the deadliest men in the world programmed to kill on my command. What does he call them? <laughs> That's the name of the movie, Go- Joe. They're death machines. I've worked years for this, and these men must be perfect. And Joe, two questions for you. Wait, wait, two more, two more lines. Oh, okay. Asian Dragon Lady says they are, and Mystery <laughs> Man says so you say. Before I put them into action, I think you should run them through another set of experiments. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Two questions for you. One. Okay. Is this Braga? It's a great question. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Could be. I think this guy is Braga. Two, this lady sounds exactly like the Trade Federation aliens from the beginning of episode one. And I don't know which movie to be mad at for the racism. Dude, her, she sounds like she has a mouth of bees. Like she, <laughs> it's, it's not just the accent. It's, it's, it's something else. Like yeah. She cannot talk. It's the way she talks. And she says that, or the, the, the smoking man, which is what I called him. Okay, I like the it. The smoking yeah. man, yeah. The uh, smoking man said they're going to take on an old and obsolete organization, to which are they going to take on the Templars, the Masons, the Bilderberg Group? No, they're the going to take Childs? on... The Rothschilds? The Rothschilds. <laughs> they it are going to take back on... to Alex Jones. That's why that pyramid's in there. Uh, they are going to take on the Gioletti crime family. A small time family in a small town in California. Correct. Apparently, Which, as far as we know, is one guy. Their only competition, apparently. It's just one guy. It's Gioletti and this guy named George. And George and George gets taken out quick. <laughs> George is out like that. He's donezo. Well, I mean, I guess you got to count. Uh, you got to count his driver too, who oh, also has a name. Mike? We'll get to him. Fancy sleeves. Fancy sleeves, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, so they're going to take out this old and obsolete organization. So then we get Mr. G, Mr. Gioletti. Mr. G, we we flash right to Mr. G, and he is throwing a topless pool party. I was going to say tasteless, but completely unnecessary. Correct. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's talking to George over the phone. and uh, Already mad. Always mad, Mr. G. Mr. Gioletti, always mad. Yes, he's always a a curmudgeon. Um, he tells the top, I don't know who tells the topless girl. It's not him. It's basically the director tells the topless girl to remain in shot. Cause like, if you notice, like he's Mr. G is like off to the left-hand side of the screen. And then like, you can see over his shoulder and the focus is on this topless girl who's just moving her hands through the water (laughs) facing completely forward. Like she never turns sideways, never turns around. It's a complete front full frontal shot of the boobs yes. for his entire discussion with mr g and then later on we get a re- kind of a replay of this yeah we get a little callback yeah with even more um but yeah mr g has two jobs for george during this call mm-hmm. he wants him to take out a chinese gentleman mm-hmm. ho long by take out kill ho long who runs a karate studio and Nathan Adams, who is a bank VP. 
Yes. Do they same price though? Two jobs, same price. He doesn't say what that price is, but they're the same. Same price. Yeah. Well, he's been working with George for a while. They've got a long-standing relationship. It's the price is assumed. Uh, and he wants both of these jobs done by next week, and wants George's best man on it. Who's okay? apparently a middle-aged. Uh... They're all middle-aged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for the death machines. The only power the death machines have is being 15 years younger than everybody else in this movie. Right. <laughs> so um, there's a man in a gold Cadillac. That yeah. So new scene pulls up. Gold Cadillac pulls up. Drives up and parks in a new parking zone or a no parking zone. New parking. Mm-hmm. Um, wipes a smudge off the front of his car and goes up to the building rooftop, which is next to the parking spot. This is already the shittiest movie Hitman I've ever seen. <laughs> Can you imagine like a shittier setup for assassinating someone than illegally parking your car in front of the building where you're going to do the job? And then your plan is to go back down to the car while yeah. people are panicked? <laughs> That was that was my thing. I was like, park down the street, walk to the walk or something, man. Don't park down below. Do one crime at a time. Yeah, don't watch park the, illegally and murder somebody. Yeah, watch The Godfather too, where you go from like rooftop to rooftop, dismantling the gun before you leave the scene of the crime. Yeah, have some opsec, man. This is ridiculous. It's absurd. Also, and, his timing yeah. is perfect because he gets up there, puts the gun together, takes one look through the scope, and it's immediately on his target's head. Correct. Yeah. And then he waits for some reason while yeah. like tree, the guy goes through like the longest trail of trees I've ever seen. Walks through the park, takes a stroll through the park all while this guy is just staring at him with the guy in his sights. There's just tree branches in the way. Correct. Yeah. So this guy, let me just describe this hitman for a second. He has a terrible eyebrows, okay, Ter- objectively terrible eyebrows, super bushy. B, he wears a coat over his suit. And it is like it looks 80 degrees outside. Yeah, it's it's summer there. It's summer in SoCal. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and his rifle looks like a BB rifle. Did you notice this? It's like yes. short, like short nose. Uh, or what? What, what would you call it? It's only it? about two and a half feet long. From the whole thing is maybe two and a half feet long, which is way yeah. too short for a sniper rifle. For any kind of bullet or ammunition yeah. to go. Um. Yeah, totally short barrel. And then, so we get this guy, and he's tracking this guy through the trees. And he finally gets a shot when his target reaches the door. But then Black Death Machine comes out, grabs the rifle at the last moment, and then he runs off screen. Yeah, and he gets, he doesn't get shot by a handgun that the guy has? Hitman pulls out a pistol, shoots him three times. Now, in the chest. Now... You'd figure this would be a big reveal, right? Like that he's he's bulletproof. No. Nope. But they just jump. They cut directly to a scene where all three are jumping on the guy to lift him up and throw him off the building. So they don't take any time. Like in a normal movie, this would be a big reveal. But in this movie, it's completely. Like he would be down and there would be beats and it would let, stay on his body and then he would come back up. But nope, he's no. down and then they're throwing him off the roof. It's a direct cut to them throwing him off the building. Which, actually, Joe, I just thought of something. Yeah. So, the scene at the beginning we saw where they were training against the other guys. So, the death machines had cl- had gotten the serum that made them super-powered and bulletproof, because clearly the guys they were fighting against didn't do it, because white death machines... <laughs> at least one move. of them didn't take the serum. Yeah, at least one of them didn't take the serum. 
So that answers my question too, because I wasn't sure if it was like they won the tournament and then they got the serum, or did they they just got the serum right off the top? It was it a rigged sounds game. Like it was a rigged game, yeah, and it was just like a quick kind of test to see the the uh, power of the drug. Okay. Um. Yeah, because they say something along the lines of like the drug worked perfectly. Like yeah. You, when she was talking to the smoking man. To smoking to, man. To Braga. To Braga, yeah. So the three hitman, uh, the uh, or the three death machines, throw the hitman off the building. He hits his Cadillac, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. clever because they were smudging his car and now he's now he's smudged. Now he's a smudge on his car. Right. Uh, he coughs up like twenty blood cl- blood capsules. Yeah. Also important to note, clearly a dummy that hits this car. <laughs> not the first, not the last time that there is clearly a dummy that they give way too much camera time to. Right. <laughs> um, so Mr. G gets this call in the middle of the night while he's in bed with his with his girl, and he finds out that the hitman fell off the building. He doesn't buy that it was accidental. No. Uh, his woman tries to. Well, his woman know, wants his arm. Wants some love, yeah. Like give him just a reassuring little stroke on, like a normal girlfriend would do. He says, "Hey, business." business. He snaps. <laughs> and her response is to get naked Strip to go in the pool. Completely naked and go for a night swim. And Mr. G tells George to get someone else on it. Then he hangs up the phone and tells the woman, at, right before she's gonna get in the pool, "Hey." Get your ass back in bed. She turns around, full frontal, end of scene. (laughs) So unnecessary. And then this is where I wondered if Mr. G's organization is all middle-aged hitmen. Because this guy has the worst comb-over in the history of the world. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he looks like an ex-like college football player, almost. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, Nathan Adams... Is running in the park. He's out jogging. And he's wearing a red button-down shirt and sweatpants. (laughs) That's how you exercised in the 70s. A a red dress shirt. They're Uh, not monsters, Joe. I guess. uh, Yeah. Interesting. Um, So the man, another man, arrives in a white Corvette. He parks in the middle of the park in broad daylight. This is the... Second worst, <laughs> I guess, sniper. sniper that in in the history of snipers. Like, how is this plan going to work? He's parked in the middle of the park. He sets up his gun on the hood of his car. No shelter, not hidden. Did, doesn't even look around. Well, there are picnic tables behind him. This is clearly an area for people to congregate. Yeah. And then he does the one thing that every sniper needs to do before they get their shot. Pull uh-huh. out a pipe. He pulls out a pipe. He starts smoke, uh, smoking it. Also, let's call this guy sideburns because he has maybe the worst sideburns I've ever seen. Joe, maybe the best sideburns I've ever seen. Who's to say? So beauty's, si- in, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So sideburns smokes his pipe while living, uh, while lining up his shot, which takes forever, by the way, like way yeah. too long. And uh, this guy, and and you got to think about it. How far away has Adams got to be? Fifty yards. Maybe not that not that far away. Like I would think he'd be able to see the sniper. Yeah. He's just like, car. He's Wait a like, minute. As, is that a sniper? Is Wait, why is this guy? By? Why is this guy parking in the middle of a park? Wait, why is he pointing a sniper rifle at me? Um, yeah. yeah, this yeah, his shot takes forever, but thank God Death Machines and Asian Bosley drive up, also known as Mr. Lou, uh, drive up. 
and they rocket launch his ass again. <laughs> the this is broad daylight. <laughs> the only thing less conspicuous than setting up a sniper rifle in the middle of a park is blowing that guy up with a rocket launcher. With a rocket launcher. I and actually liked this scene because you see he's setting up the world's longest shot. And you just see the death machines pull up in the car behind him. Yeah, just kind of like, yeah, get out, unbuckle their seatbelts, <laughs> kind of like straighten their suits up a little bit. <laughs> slowly load the bazooka. They meticulously show them firing off the bazooka in this movie. Just slowly load it up, make they sure everything's that, ready to go. Yeah, they have that process. It's like a two-part launcher where they have to connect the parts, yeah. load the rocket. They do that little like pat on the head. when Make sure, uh, make sure everything's okay. Yeah, uh, the spotter pats the dude on the head, and, and then he takes the shot. Um, so, Sidebirds is dead. Mr. G gets another phone call, and he's pissed off. He says, blown up? What do you mean, blown up? <laughs> yeah, he's he's very uh, incredulous about uh, about methods of death. Right. What do you mean, blown <laughs> up? <laughs> he doesn't buy any of it. Uh, George then says back uh, that he says that the boys back east are going to be really mad. Doesn't know who's going who's doing this, but he's calling from a phone booth so he can stay secure because he thinks that whoever's doing this is tapping. His his line is tapped. Yeah. Uh, George then says this is a weird line. George says, now, look, Mr. G, we've got to have more time and some help, too. They're trying to take this town and shove it up my ass. Yeah. Just an amazing line. Real uh, Hobbes level of, of writing. Well, I don't even understand what he's trying to say. Like, who's taking this town and shoving it up his ass? Who's they? <laughs> they. Them. The royal they. The royal um, they. Yes. White Death Machine then shows up and shoves this phone booth up his ass by crushing <laughs> him in it uh, with a tractor. And the, the whole slowest death, the slowest death, the Austin Powers. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, wait a minute. What are you doing? <laughs> hey, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> what talk about this? What, Betty, this? what are you doing? Are you going to run that me over with that? You are going to run me over well, with that. Well, maybe this one isn't for me. Oh, no, wait, what? it definitely is. He's but definitely trying. You're getting very close to my phone booth. You only got eight feet, six feet, four feet, two feet. Oh, no. Now I'm you're crushing my feet. phone booth. <laughs> So he gets fucking crushed. (laughs) And Mr. G listens to his death screams. Okay, so this is a confusing part because the whole phone booth is destroyed. And he's still going, George, George, (laughs) and you can hear it through the receiver. (laughs) Oh, boy. And then, yeah, so George is dead. George is dead. Uh, The phone is not, apparently. And... Asian Dragon Lady immediately gives Mr. G a call. Yeah, up to this point, we don't really know what's what why they're the killing them. Yeah, just yeah. that they're killing the, these guys. Right. Um. So she says that she's been killing all of his men, mm-hmm. and all contract killings from here on out will be going through her. Now, this I put this in my notes. Apparently, George was the only assassin game in town. Where is this? Buford, Wyoming? <laughs> yeah, it's this little one one assassin town. This little podunk one assassin town. This is insanity. Yeah, like, how is there not another, like, game in town? There uh, is another game in town. It's called the Death Machines. That's true. They're, they're the new game. Uh, so Mr. G refuses this, and 
ADL, Asian Dragon Lady and Sis. Uh, and you see a line of red Buddhas in the background. Mm-hmm. But we don't know where these come into play yet. Um, so Mr. G arrives in a single passenger plane uh, to to Asian Dragon Lady's town. Yeah. And, and this is where we first see our the best character in the whole movie. Fancy Sleeves. Fancy Sleeves, also known as Mike. Yeah. Um, so the driver bodyguard... Uh, named Mike picks him up and takes him to the ADL compound, uh, Asian Dragon Lady compound. Oh, I call this the Death Mansion. Death, like death, ma- death Mansion, but Death Mansion. Oh, Death Mansion. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so Mike then says, Mr. Gialetti, and Mr. G says, Yeah, Mike. What is it? This is right before he's gonna drop him off. Uh huh. Mike says, Don't you want me to go in there with you? Mr. G says. What for? I can't handle this alone. Go eat dinner at Tony's and I'll call you there when I need you. Yeah, which is very he's very dismissive. He's like, uh, do you want me to go in there with you? He's like, no, what's wrong with you? What are you stupid? Right. Yeah. Why would I need you? Get out of here. Go. I'm just walking into this mysterious assassin mansion. Why would I need backup? You're just my driver bodyguard. Why would I need that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Mike then says, but you shouldn't go in there without protection. Mr. G spins around and he shoots him a dirty look. And then he says, I mean, this is Mike. I mean, why take chances with those people? Mr. G then says, look, I only hired you because of your father. So don't start telling me what to do. Don't say shit to me. Just drive the drive the car and do what I say. Understand? I love that Mike is a fail son. Mike is a fail son. (laughs) Mike says, yes, sir. But Mr. G is not finished. He says, and you better be there when I call. Not out screwing around like you did last time, you hear? And Mike says, yes, sir. And then Mike speeds out of there. <laughs> he burns rubber out of there, almost like he's chasing a guy through a cemetery. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he does the pulls the dom in the cemetery. Um, so, yeah, very interesting that, like, Mr. G is this anim- has this animus to Mike, and you almost think they're going to build on it, right? Yeah. No, they don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So first Asian dragon lady comes down this staircase and I said, her hair is infuriating. And I said, her voice sounds like she has uh, bees in her mouth. Yeah. Uh, But her hair is like, I got to go further into detail about the hair. It's like, it's like she put a separate Asian dragon lady wig on top of her own Asian dragon lady hair. It's, it's a double decker. It's, it's pretty tall. It's grown since the last scene. Yeah. It's, it's like it's huge. It's like 15 black lab puppies like nestled on her head. On top of her head, yeah. Um so she starts bragging about professionalism of her organization that's yeah. comprised of three erratic zombies, a worthless guy with a mustache, herself, and a mystery man with a robot voice. That's the whole organization that we hey, know. It's of. very professional bare bones um she offers to give a demonstration of her professionalism after dinner which is other than killing two professional assassins in broad daylight yeah no she's it's something further than that yeah um so this is the best scene of the movie in my opinion mike is mike the driver is eating spaghetti at tony's and tony is a treat Tony is, is in a movie with characters, white death machine, black death machine, Asian death machine, 
Dragon Lady, he is somehow the most racist character in this whole movie. He is a joy. <laughs> the guy who plays Tony puts his fucking all into it. Like, this yeah. guy cares about this part. Um, I, I wrote down some dialogue here. I wrote down all of it. It's gonna Maybe it's going to be a little arduous, but bear with me. Tony says... Well, wait, wait, Joe, before you read this, imagine this guy is doing Mamma Mia hands the whole time. Yes, <laughs> Mamma Mia hands. <laughs> He he looks he, like the chef from Simpsons. He looks like Mario. Like from Mar- Mario Brothers. Which that chef is based off. Yeah. yeah. Exactly like Mario. And the whole time he's doing Mamma Mia hands and the thickest, just like, oh, Mamma Mia, that's a spicy meatball. The whole yeah. time. <laughs> right. The no time. Italian in here. It's just, it's Americanized, satirized Italian. Just just throw some Mamma Mia hands and some maize in there and that, that's your Italian. So he says, here you go, a mic. I don't care what anybody says. You no get a spaghetti this good, nowhere back east. I told the boys to fix it up extra special for a good family. It's the first line. <laughs> Again, said, anti-cancellation seal, this is how it goes in the movie. This is exactly how it is in the movie. This is script. I, I, I wrote this down. This is exactly what he says. Mike says, you're the best, Tony. Tony says, hey, uh, that's all right. What until uh, you taste? Wait until you taste the sauce. It's a special too. It's my own recipe. Lots of people they ask me <laughs> they ask me the recipe, but I'ma tell them I'm nothing a doing. Hey Mike, what should I tell them, huh? So you can open up uh, they own so they can open up at their own restaurant, or maybe they he, eat at home. Eat at home. No, that's the most. <laughs> that he's angrier about people eating at home than opening a competing restaurant. No. You want to taste the food like this? You got to come and see Tony. Now, you need anything, Mike? You just call me, huh? Mike's like, please just give me the spaghetti. <laughs> this whole time, he's like, yeah. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Okay, Tony. Thanks, like, all right. Tony. All right, Tony. Thank you. Looks great. Tony says, hey, taste the... Okay, this is... <laughs> this might be some Italian because I checked the, uh, the um, closed captioning. It says, hey, Tasta inaudible. And I could not understand. He's like, taste the Prado or something like that. Taste the pasta. Taste the Prado. Taste the Prado. Go on. Try it. So he wants him to eat in front of him. And Mike takes a little bite. He says, there, you see what I say? Okay, I let you eat now. And you think the scene's over, right? This is is Tony. Tony's out of the picture here. Uh, But Mike pulls... A red Buddha out of his plate of spaghetti. Important to keep in mind. It's a red Buddha statue that's about. It's probably the size of a mouse, like a computer mouse. Like probably a little longer. It it looks a little bit bigger, like six inches across. Yeah, it's uh, pretty big. Like four inches tall or so, you know, three or four inches tall. And this thing is sitting in a plate of spaghetti. That was just a normal plate of spaghetti when it was brought. But somehow it's concealing, like it would be poking out of the top of this plate of spaghetti. It's not a giant mountain of spaghetti. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, Tony's pretty stupid. Hold on. Pretty, uh, Tony's a pretty stupid. He's not at work. His head in the work. Uh, so Mike says, hey, Tony, come he's here. Like, What's the deal with this? And Tony says, it's a good, no? <laughs> Mike says, no, what do you call this, a joke? Tony says, it's a no joke. 
If you find it in the spaghetti, I'll fire the one who did this, even if it's my own brother. And, and he walks off. That's that's the sh- that's the movie for the best character. That that's is, the last we see Tony. That's the best three minutes you can find in the entire movie. All right, guys. Um, so then the truck headlights approach in the window, and we saw this in the trailer. The world's slowest drive up and crash. And uh, everybody in the restaurant notices it because it's so slow. And then they all start scattering. Mike takes the longest time to notice, but he even gets out of the way quick enough. And this truck comes smashing through the restaurant wall. Yeah. Uh, Mike escapes. And then he fires a couple shots at White Death Machine as he's escaping because he's the one that was driving the truck. And Asian Death Machine emerges from the shadows with his patented sword. Okay? Yeah. Uh, real quick, real quick before we keep going this scene, I just thought of something. Uh-huh. Walk me through the mechanics and the logistics of the death machines getting the Buddha into the pasta. Because neither one of them are in the restaurant. Neither one of them, none of them have the power of well, it, spying or secrecy. Yeah. It somehow had, they, yeah. Somehow they managed to sneak into the kitchen of this thing. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it had to be Asian Death Machine or Black Death Machine. Now, we do see them later dressing as a doctor and orderly and a corpse. So it's possible one of them used their skills of disguise. Their master of disguise. Like one of them showed up as a as like a head chef. The other is a sous chef Maybe. or a prep cook. And they, they snuck this into the spaghetti that way. Yeah, because – but the thing is, is like – Tony brings it out. He's clearly, like, proud of this plate of pasta. But did yeah. some guy who just, like, he goes into the back in the kitchen. He's like, who are you? And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm the new guy. And he's like, well, I didn't hire anybody. He's like, right, hey, right, yeah. Take, take, <laughs> shut up, Tony. Take this plate of pasta. Well, you think Tony seems like a man who has his finger on the pulse of the operation. Like, he yeah, would know he's everybody very hands who's on. in that. Very, boy, maybe a little too hands-on. <laughs> a little too in your in your space. Um. So Mike shoots this uh, white death machine. No, wait, he shoots, shoots Asian death machine who's shown up with his sword. Shoots him two times. Each time he just casually falls back onto the hood of this car. Yeah. And Mike runs out of bullets. Then black death machine shows up and he's got a very ominously opens this wicker basket container. Yeah. And uh, we cut we do a hard cut back to dinner at Asian dragon lady's house. Which, by the way, I want to remind you, this is a demonstration of their professionalism. It starts with them driving yes. a car through the window of a pizza or a Italian eatery. Placing their calling card in a plate of spaghetti. Yes, this is their professionalism. This is and a then, demonstration of their professionalism. Yeah, and then this is the 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 punch, the the final icing on the cake of professionalism here. Mr. G wants to discuss business, an Asian dragon lady wants to show him this demonstration. Mr. G says that that can wait. He shows Asian Dragon Lady pictures of two men he wants hit. Same two men from before. Nathan Adams, the bank VP, Kung Lao, I think. Ho Lung. Ho Lung, yep. Uh, Isn't Kung Lao from Mortal Kombat? It is. (laughs) Jesus, Um, Joe. Piercing that anti-cancellation shield. Uh, uh, Well, I'm testing it. So Asian Dragon Lady. For weaknesses knows about Ho Lung. Uh-huh. She says he uses his karate studio as a front for narcotics. After dinner, Asian Dragon Lady has her waiter bring the wicker basket 
uh, to Mr. G. And it he opens it and has Mike's head inside, severed head, uh, the driver. And Mr. G then shoots the waiter to even the scales. Yes. You take my driver, I took your waiter. That's the whatever city this is way. <laughs> The code, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the whatever city this is underground crime family code. Yeah. Um. So Bosley, I'm still calling him Bosley. His name's Mr. Lou. Joe, I can show you the notes right here. It says Bosley every okay. time he shows up in my notes. Because they haven't said the name yet Uh. Yeah. Uh. by this point in the film. But anyway, he brings pictures of the marks up to death, up to the death machines. Okay. The in their like dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> they all hang out in the same room together <laughs> upstairs like upstairs. bosley knocks on the door and they're like shut up we're watching usually one of them <laughs> answers the door without a shirt like yeah. i'm not gonna go into what's going on up there i don't know nothing wrong with that but that I'm just room saying. reeks of natty and axe body spray <laughs> and there's some dvd menu that's just going in the background right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the TV's always off for some reason. Like, it was on, but then it's suddenly off. <laughs> yes. They're like, oh, nothing. Nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, man. Um, so anyway, we flash to... Oh, wait, 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 no. So Bosley brings these pictures up to them. And he says to leave a Buddha, a red Buddha there, and there can be no witnesses. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um... So we flash to the karate studio and we have Ho Lung who has found one of these red Buddhas outside of his office and he's questioning his entire class about it. Yeah, this is the first this scene right here is the first one. I'm like, oh, they did everything in one take, didn't they? Because they do some establishing shot of the karate guys punching and one one guy just blows it real hard. (laughs) And it's like a three second shot. They couldn't just reset and do it again. Right. (laughs) And did you notice what level that guy was? Was he a black belt? He's a black belt. <laughs> yeah. And they're, let's be clear, their their black belt routines are punching with the left hand, then punching with the right hand. Just think about, like, generic, like, karate move. Yeah. Ha! 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 And he ha. screws, he's a black belt, and he screws this up. And they're like, that's probably fine. <laughs> no one's going to notice that. You're just, he's front and center, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's not hidden in the back. It's not like, you know, the dance recital at school and the kids who can't dance are in the back. This guy yeah. is right behind the teacher. Yeah, this is this is supposed to be the most professional of the class. Um, so the camera keeps focusing on this blonde guy for some reason. Uh, and we don't know why. And so there's a sparring match that occurs, okay? So they, uh, Kung, no, no, hold on. I'm going to get this right. Ho Lung. Ho Lung. Ho Lung decides to uh, do a sparring match with two of his black belts. One of them's this kind of big, oafy-looking dude, dude. And the other is this, like, miniature ginger kid. It's it's uh, the mountain versus what's-his-face in Game of Thrones is what it looks like. The mountain versus... Uh, what's his name? Oberon? The Viper? Yeah, I was going to say. The Viper? Yeah, the guy who smashes his head? I was going to try to see if I could figure out if there was a ginger in, in Game of Thrones. Um... I don't think there is. I don't think. Th- oh, um, what's her face that Jon Snow loves? But oh, but, right. You know, you know nothing, Jon Snow. That you, that girl. Oh, you know this guy is like the uh, the um, size of the psychic that can get into like birds' heads. Uh, that, yes. That show. Um. Okay. So 
So um, they're just doing this sparring thing, and and we see we flash back to this blonde guy for some reason, and he's like kind of tracking what's going on outside the window, and he sees these three death machines approach the window. He just kind of sits there looking at it, doesn't think anything's weird yet. And then the three death machines burst through the window mm-hmm. and they start grabbing swords off the walls. Yeah, real quick. I thought this so this sparring match was almost two minutes long. And I thought this was going to be the biggest waste of time in this movie. Not and even it was, wasn't even close. It's not even top five. No, <laughs> Joe, there's a whole nother movie inside this movie, which we're about to begin. <laughs> um, so they start grabbing these swords off the walls and they kill everyone. OK, in the most bloodless math mass death scene i've ever seen in my life they are slicing and dicing these people in white karate uniform in geese yeah white geese not a drop of blood not a drop not a hint except like 80 percent of the way through they're like oh yeah we should have blood on a couple of these and then they like one guy gets sliced in the back and gets blood well the after scene like the aftermath scene everyone's covered in blood but like in this scene rarely a drop of blood yeah which joe Uh, this is an entire karate class full of black belts and they are the most useless fighters in the history well, they're not of the all world. black belts some of them are yellow some of them are blue joe this is a room full of karate kids Correct. and they are the most useless fighters in the history of the world their fighting stance is running away and trying frantically trying to open doors but actually just smacking at them well so ho ho, ho Long apparently runs a drug operation you'd figure he'd have some protection right yeah, well, you'd think maybe this was supposed to be his protection, and then he's like, oh, boy, I'm miscalculating. Oh, <laughs> boy. You'd have spent less time selling drugs, more time teaching these kids. <laughs> yeah, and the way they go through these guys, I was like, this is like the first level of, like, Double Dragon or, like, some other beat up game where you're just like, all right, so you press A to punch, B to kick, and it just sends waves of waves after useless guys at you. Right, right. That's what it feels like. Like, this is the Death Machine, like, tutorial level. Well, it's a slaughter on the level of, like, the Kill Bill scene. Yeah. The, the 88 Maniacs. With the crazy 88s, yeah. Um, so this is an- another interesting thing. The sword that Black Death Machine grabs off the wall, mm-hmm. if you watch before, because he kind of runs through the hall down a staircase and s- slices a guy, if you watch the sword as this is going on, it is covered in blood before he ever cuts anybody. Really? I missed yes. that. Interesting. And that's yeah. more blood than the rest of the scene put together, probably. Correct. <laughs> On just this sword. So uh, the blonde guy is then kind of watching all this mayhem happen. And he grabs kind of a, a railing. And then somebody comes by. I think it might be Asian Death Machine or White. I don't know which one does this, but cuts his arm clean off, basically at the elbow. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's it's an amazing feat of movie making magic. Yeah. So um, so we figure he's he's out of the picture. Yeah. But we can't we can't stress how often they just cut back to this blonde guy just being like, "Uh, uh, 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 uh," like that's all he did the whole time. And then he got his hand cut off and then he's on the floor and you're like, that was bizarre. (laughs) Um, So then Ho Lung accidentally kills himself. First, his two black belts that he had sparring. They get killed. But Ho Lung is ready to go. And you're like, this is the climax of this scene. He takes the sword, kind of reaches back, and he hits a circuit breaker box and just fries himself. Yeah, that's I was laughing so hard because I put 
all that, and he just kills himself. Right. <laughs> but like, then yeah, he, he calls back and just. But then to punctuate the death, Asian Death Machine takes a a shelf, and and like pulls it off the wall and smashes it on him. And, and then stabs the like shelf three other three other times in the scene to other people. He just yeah. loves pulling shelves down onto already dead people. Is this when he stabs through the shelf? Because yes. at some point, yeah, so he stabs through a bookcase. Yes. Which, sure. Right. <laughs> this is just really a really weird way to punctuate. Uh, so then the blonde guy is still alive. And uh, he's still alive as the death machines escape. Uh, so, so this guy's still a part of this movie. So two cops arrive. And but Joe, murder's not a crime. That's what the right. trailer told us. Good, good point. Um, but apparently it is mass oh. murder is a crime. Once oh, you, mass like, murder is a crime. Once you get twenty bodies, then it's a crime. Fair enough. Uh, so the white cop says that he knows the blonde guy because he sees him being wheeled out onto a ambulance, mm-hmm. and he asks what happened, and he gets told that his arm was cut off. The black cop then says Jesus, and the white cop says, "Are you all right?" Yeah. Controlling the wrong guy. (laughs) Um, So then they enter the dojo, and there are bodies everywhere, and lots of (laughs) chalk outlines. Did you notice this? There's chalk outlines all over the floor, and the bodies are, like, not in the the outlines. (laughs) They're like, put the chalk outlines, move the body to them next. But what I liked about this scene was... The three guys with the world's slowest pulse checking. Like, if people weren't dead when they showed up, they're definitely going to be dead. Because they're just like, just the, like, you wait, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're just like, uh, and you walk super slow. That's what these guys were doing, trying to figure out if these people were alive or not. Well, they're like moving through the fields of like D Day, like checking bodies. (laughs) And do you know how one's a, do you know how one's a, a doctor? One of he's wearing a white lab coat. Oh. <laughs> so you're like, that one's a doctor. The scene of a crime. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is fantastic. So now there's blood all over the uniforms, too. That's the yeah. other part of it. Every uniform's like soaked in blood. So then we go back to the station and we get introduced to Blue Suit Cop. Doyle. Who, and his name turns out to be Doyle. He... Doyle's a dick. He pesters. He sucks. <laughs> He's also a shitty cop. And he pesters the main cops that we just saw uh, about mandatory HR training. Now, we get these cops' names. One of them, the white cop, is named Lieutenant Forrester. Mm-hmm. The black cop's name is Jerry. Just Jerry. Just Jerry. And Forrester blows off a memo from the sergeant and ends up leaving. But, but Blue Suit Cop is like really grilling him about this hr training yeah he's like you gotta go to this hr training this you know apparently murder's a crime now you gotta you gotta get caught up on these sort of things right <laughs> yeah yeah yesterday murder was not a crime today in the new in this new liberal run world <laughs> yeah murder's a crime and murder jerry is crime, so man. scared of getting in trouble with hr like the whole time yeah. forrester's like we're gonna go back out there jerry's like i don't know man i don't know we should probably we should probably take this class I put this in my notes. They go to the hospital. So they hop in the cop car, cuts to the hospital. The first line through the door, Jerry's like, don't you think we should check out that human relations class? 
They've been talking about it all the way from the police station to this hospital. And Frank, this is where we find out Frank's name. He has the best name. The the blonde guy. His name is Frank. You can catch this baby. Frank Big Thomas. Hurt. Big Hurt. <laughs> Big Hurt. Granted, this was like 15 years before Big Hurt, but yeah, he's this is the original Frank Thomas. This yeah. guy from Death Machines. Um, so Frank has some schmutz on his face that I guess is supposed to be a bruise. <laughs> Kenny Linder levels of makeup here. And uh, Forrester introduces himself, which is weird because I thought Frank knew him. <laughs> yeah, that's true, huh? Um, he introduces him and his partner, and Frank says that he will never forget the faces of the men that uh, killed his entire dojo, his entire karate class. Um, he'll kill them if he ever sees them again. Single-handedly. Single-handedly, this yellow belt from a karate class <laughs> is going to kill these guys. Uh, so the cast... Just, I just want to remind you, he just watched these guys work an entire karate studio, an entire dojo. And he's like, I'm going to kill him so bad when I get out of here. Not like, please put me in witness protection. I want to get out of here. Can you move me out of the country off the planet? (laughs) Um, So this is another interesting fact of this. I don't know if you noticed, but the cast that he has on does not line up at the elbow. (laughs) Joe, I have so many problems with this. And then he gets a fake hand that apparently just looks like a black glove and works like a real hand. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a black prosthetic hand. (laughs) Yeah. That I guess can move too. Um, so, yeah, Forrester shows Frank the Buddha, the red Buddha that was found on the scene, and uh, Frank says he's never seen that in his life. He doesn't know what it what it is. Yeah, we missed it, but uh, Ho Long goes in front of the whole class and he's like, "Did anybody? Did anybody no, read the Buddha?" Yeah, yeah, but his he's well, he you said that, but he's like, "Well, I guess it's mine now." <laughs> he's like, "I guess oh. I'll keep it." <laughs> Well, I guess I'll keep it then. <laughs> yeah, no no questioning this mystery Buddha that showed up. I'm thinking that, you know, him accidentally killing himself probably wasn't out of line with his character because he doesn't seem very smart. Yeah, he's not a bright bright bulb. Um, so, yeah, Frank says he's never seen it before, which is a lie because he did see it in the class. Yes. Um, and it's a bizarre lie. <laughs> I can't figure out why he's doing it. So then the cops leave the room. And the nurse stops him at the nursing station and says, hey, uh, Frank received a package. Can I give it to them? And it's they're not like, a Buddha, well, let's, is it? let's see it first. It is not a, a Buddha. red <gasps> Buddha. Oh, no. He's marked for death. Intrigue music. This is their professionalism, leaving calling cards everywhere so they know exactly how to tie these murders together. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so then we flash back to the mansion. And the death mansion. Say it right. Death- Death Man Sheen. And Mr. Lou is pissed about this survivor. Mm-hmm. And Asian Death Machine is shirtless for some reason. <laughs> well, he went up to the Death Machine's dorm room. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to take your Xbox away. You left <laughs> You left a witness. So then Mr. Lou says that they need to kill Frank and make this right. And uh, then we flash to the hospital. And... The- <laughs> We get introduced to a nurse who is flirting with Frank. Pretty bad. Frank calls her Florence Nightingale, which is an insult, I guess. (laughs) I guess, yeah. Frank really negs this woman all throughout the movie. 
hardcore nagging. There's some like big time mental games going on with Frank and this and this woman. Which also he never led her on. It's like, lady, take a hint. At a certain point, dude, he's not that into you. <laughs> yeah, calm down. She like tracks him down at the dojo later on. It's very weird. Very well, weird. We we're about to jump into, as Jeff put before, the twenty minutes of film of a different movie. A completely different movie. We'll get there. We're we'll, we'll we're, get, we're getting there. We're, we're just getting little hints right now. So Frank's attitude is shit, even for a handless guy. That's what I put in my notes. Yeah. And uh, uh, they keep talking about tubes and junk. And, uh, you know, he's like, when when am I going to get these tubes out of me? I hate this junk. And all I could say was she wants the tubes and junk from hey, him. Hey, 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 hey. But he does not want to hook her a fake hand. No, he, he, he wants something else. <laughs> he wants to have his hand, I guess. He wants his hand back, damn it. Um, so later that night. The death machines arrive in disguise. Dun, dun, dun. BBM black death machine is a doctor. Uh, Asian death machine is an orderly. And then white death machine is a corpse Burp. under the sheet of a, a trans, a little cart. A gurney. A gurney. White death machine pops up and takes out the guard with his screaming punch. And the guards just, he pops up and the guard's just kind of like, what's going on here? What do we got going on here, huh? Like, he just kind of like, looks at him. He's like, Kia! <laughs> <laughs> Takes the back of his fist, like, across his head. Um, and so then he he runs into Frank's bed. Frantically. Like, he does room. a little, like, shuffle run frantically <laughs> into the room. Shuffle run, takes out a dagger, stabs it into the bed, shuffles off. Death Machine and, does not check to see if what they're stabbing is a person. Nope. It's, it's obviously him. There's a bulge underneath the, the – no one's ever done something like this. Yeah. Like, they definitely don't the pat themselves the on the back for thinking this up later on. The yeah, this is, this is a stunt that, like, teenage girls use to sneak out. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off was more elaborate than this than this thing. Totally. Um, so White Death Machine is shot multiple times, okay? Like, two, three times. Mm-hmm. In the chest, but we know that they're unaffected by this stuff. But yeah. then he gets sh- a shot, grazes his forehead, okay? Just kind of like skims off the side, and he screams he's and grabs it, and he's incapacitated. It's that simple. You just yeah. have to graze their forehead with a bullet. And Black Death Machine and Asian Death Machine get away, and they chest kick a doctor. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> As they're running away, they get the Asian just Death Machine just kicks a doctor in the chest as they're running <laughs> that's great um so at the <laughs> cut back to the death man sheen and bosley well mr Liu, informs the asian dragon lady that white death machine has been captured and she slaps the shit out of mr Liu. <laughs> so hard this is where we find out her name is mistress lee which i don't know if that's any better right than yeah. dragon lady I think I'll, I'll roll with Dragon Lady. Um, so uh, she then tries to strike Black Death Machine. I don't this know is, why. This part is so... <laughs> the next three minutes of this movie are so weird. Why, why Black Death Machine and not Asian Death Machine? They seem to have committed the same crime. But she goes to strike Black Death Machine, and he's not having that. He grabs her arm before it ever hits him and just moves it back down to yeah. her side. Um, and she is into it. 
She, well, we find that out later. Yeah. yeah. So we flash back to the hospital. Turns out Frank's bed had pillows under the sheets. That's oh, classic. Man. Classic. Oh. How they do that? It's like in Blazing Saddles when they invented the candy gram. They invented <laughs> putting the pillows underneath the blanket. Right. Um, so we go back to the Death Machine, and Black Death Machine is waiting in Asian Dragon Lady's bedroom after that sexual tension that took place downstairs, uh, which is forbidden. But she Black says, Death Machine does not give a fuck. <laughs> or does not understand or had headphones in and couldn't hear her because there is no response. Nothing. I mean, all these guys are mute, basically. Yeah. But then Asian Dragon Lady is, like, smiling and turns the lights down. <laughs> yep. She said, you're not, you're forbidden to enter this room, but apparently not her. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, very weird. Uh, we flash back to the hospital. How did Frank's other hand get broken? Did you notice this? No. His other hand is now fully encased in a cast. I'm going to chalk it up to they screwed up. I'm going to chalk it up to these guys don't know how to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, everything in one take. One take uh, and go. Forrester, yeah, but someone told him to put that cast on. Like, he didn't just throw it on for shits. Joe, they're like, we got one hour and 33 minutes worth of film. That's exactly how much we can film, so nobody screw this up. And if you do, no second takes. <laughs> so then Forrester doesn't want to know about the cast. He wants to move Frank to another hospital. In Santa Mira. Santa Mira. Uh, he also got Frank his job back at the bar. He talked I to Ned. Into Ned. <laughs> of course, Joe. This well-established bar that Frank works at with Ned. We know all about this. Okay, so this is this is really where we start to realize, oh no, this guy's gonna be a part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's sticking around. This He's is... got characters that he knows that have names. In any other movie, this is in the credits, guy who with arm cut off. Yeah. Or like it... vengeful man. In, Vengeful, handless man. In this movie, no. He's got, like, vengeance as a motivation, M.O. He has a job. He has employment. He has dreams of being an architect. <laughs> being an architect. <laughs> dreams he's given up on. And a budding new love affair. Uh, Frank which... Thomas, karate architect. So, uh, we'll get into all that. First, we gotta go back to the station. And Blue Suit Cop, who's named Doyle, is a dick and he is taking over the case mm -hmm. and he's going to question white death machine who they brought into custody. Cause remember they incapacitated him with a graze off the forehead. Yes. Bulletproof everywhere, but the skin of the forehead, which makes him go down. Very sensitive. This is Achilles heel, really a shot to the head. His Achilles uh, forehead. <laughs> so, uh, Forrester, which let's be clear here, Joe. A bullet to the head is also my Achilles heel. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, one shot to the head and I'm down. I'm down for the count. You know, I'm not sure. taking that one off. But this guy's not like it didn't go into the head. There's no way that that bullet went into the head. There was no blood. It's yeah, just a it grazed him. There was no blood, but he does get a little patch on his forehead. Yes, <laughs> a little bloody patch. Um, because he 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 had a boo boo on his head. And now he. All right, Joe, let's hear about the police bureaucracy that Lieutenant Forrester has to deal with. Why do you think Forrester lost this case? He seemed to be doing so well. He's uh, smashing police or TV cameras, which, wow. 
has, I think what part, so uh, Captain Green, who's his boss, pulls up a list of like all the things that he sucks at, including like people don't send him letters thanking him for things. Correct. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I, I don't know if you'd listed them off. The, but, I did. Uh, okay. I did. Captain Green says, uh, first of all, he's not happy about him not doing his reports. Yeah. Uh, he rides Forrester's ass about the ratings reports that this, <laughs> this uh, department gets. Uh, he says that reports and paperwork, this is all of uh, Forrester's stats, reports and paperwork are late and incomplete. Oh, no. His press relations, he snatched a TV camera deliberately. His, I thought I said he smashed a TV camera. Oh, maybe. I thought it, it was snatched, but maybe it was smashed. Uh, volunteer work, none. Oh, man. Favorable communications, two lousy letters. Come hey, on, you know what? Forrester. Two letters is pretty good. I don't know about, you know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten anybody commenting on, on my work uh, favorably. But anyway, and last but not least, attendance and performance at departmental training classes ranked last in its squad. Get it together, Forrester. But Forrester says, what about numbers of arrests, numbers of convictions? Oh, Captain Green cares? says, listen, Forrester, this damn stuff is just as important as the street work. <laughs> Going, <laughs> doing HR classes is just as important as solving murders, is what the captain of the police said. <laughs> Mike, his his sidekick, Newton, green thumb on the squads, is, is desperate to keep his job. He apologizes for missing the class but says they're breaking ground on this new case called the karate school murders. And captain green is pissed. They didn't hand in their reports. He says, Oh, that'd be great. Uh, karate school murders. Where have I heard that before? Oh yeah. On the news and not in your reports. Yeah. He's big mad that he's not getting reports from these guys, which dude, it's a developing situation. Yeah, it's a developing case. There's really no evidence so far. <laughs> yeah, the evidence so far, he's like, all right, here's our evidence. A bunch of people got murdered, and this guy, Frank, knows that three guys did it. There you go. There's the report. And here's a broken red Buddha. You want to yeah. see it? <laughs> Do you yeah. know what this is? <laughs> oh, yeah, this Frank guy, he's got one hand. But don't worry, we're going to learn all about him pretty soon. <laughs> We've got some leverage. We got his job back at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if Forrester doesn't like it, says Captain Green, doesn't like his style, well, he has two options. He can turn in his transfer request or turn in his badge. This is such a hostile work environment for Forrester. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not clear what Forrester's done wrong here. He comes out, Green comes out, screams at him for multiple minutes with random minutia about his yeah. job. And he's like, if you don't like me screaming at you, you can quit or transfer. Those are your options. <laughs> Which this is, that's like open and shut hostile work environment. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> he should he should be going to HR classes. Yeah. Yeah. Green should be going to HR classes. Um, so Doyle then is all he's loving this and he saunters into the uh, ex examination room. The uh, what do you call that? Interrogation, interrogation room. room. And Doyle questions the white death machine who is mute. OK. Correct. <laughs> His plan is he's going to ask him questions. And he's going to get no answers. Yeah. Um, hey, Joe, let, let's let's set the stage with Doyle real quick. Uh -huh. The way that I saw Doyle, the most concise way to put him is if this movie was made now, he'd be played by Sam Rockwell. Totally. <laughs> That's, this is 100% a Sam Rockwell role. 
totally a Sam Rockwell role. You're you're 100% right. Yeah, just um, like lots of bravado. He'd be uh, lots of annoying bravado, and he'd be chomping on a big old piece of gum the whole time. And you know it's going to come crashing down on his yeah. head. This ego is just karmic. Karma it's is waiting big. to just crush this guy with this. Um, so he uncuffs White Death Machine because he thinks he's sick. And he needs water. He needs some water? Let's uncuff you real quick. Yeah. You feeling okay? You need a pillow for your head or something? And meanwhile, Rossi, this is 10 years after the Miranda rights came out. And Rossi's like, hold on, let me get this piece of paper I carry around in my pocket. This thing right. that I've been saying for a decade. Right. I want to get it on, on tape, he says. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let's 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 uncuff this guy who just killed 20 men. It's. I'm sure it'll turn out fine. It's totally fine. Well, it doesn't because he escapes and he roundhouse kicks his way out of this station. Yes. Everyone gets roundhouse kicks. Lots of like this. There's very little difference between what he does to get around in the episode of The Office where they're like running around and go, just going like parkour. And they're yeah. like flipping over desks in the office. They're like parkour. Like there's very little difference between that and this. I was going to say there's very little difference to the way that White Death Machine fights and Mac from It's Always Sunny dances. Yes. That's perfect. That's the perfect uh, encapsulation of it. Right. So the cops respond by shooting up the station. They all pull their guns. They shoot out every window in there. And um, their own officers. And quite a few officers. <laughs> About three by my count went yeah. down with bullet holes. Uh, so White Death Machine uses a cop as a human shield. And that cop gets shot twice in the back. <laughs> but it's okay because that cop turns out as they pass him by the camera – just a dummy. It's fine. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. The, why would they have the? It blocked this way. It passes the dummy in front. Like at one point, the entire frame is just this dummy. A close-up of a dummy. It's supposed <laughs> to be a cop. Have the death machine move him the other way, so it's the death machine's back. But yeah. no, it's a or whole frame of this dummy across the scene. It doesn't have to come toward the camera. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, so but again, that's what the the one take. This movie, you got one take and go. <laughs> one take Marchini, they call him. Uh, so White Death Machine then steals a cop car and drives about 10 feet and crashes it directly into a car right outside of the parking garage. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Joe, you are short selling how this scene goes. He parkours okay. across the outside of the police building, runs yes, down, right. jumps down onto the top of the squad car, Spin, as the squad car stops, spins, kicks the Roundhouse guy in the face, Roundhouse the kicks the driver in the face, shoves him over, yeah. crashes into a couple things on his way out of the parking lot. And oh, then, the wall, yeah. Yeah, he hits the wall. <laughs> this dude like, cannot drive. <laughs> so far we've seen him drive two things and he's crashed both of them. Right. No, then, three things. He's driven three things. Tractor into the phone booth. Oh, I forgot about the tractor. Car into Tony's. <laughs> Car into Tony's. T tries to take out uh, fancy sleeves. And then into, he just drives into a random car driving by. Yes. Just, I don't think he knows. I think his special power is not using the brake. This dude's a magnet for cars, for yeah. other objects. <laughs> this is um, Dom Toretto levels of smashing cars. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he crashes it right outside of the parking garage and then flees the scene on foot. Yeah, um, and, and then after he's gone, we get a call over the radio where they're like, "You Forrester and whatever his face, Forrester and Jerry run out, right. and they're like, they hear over the radio the of the stolen cop car. They're like, 
suspect stole a cop car. I'm like, calm that in a little late, don't you a think? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then we end up in a diner. This is where White Death Machine ends up finding himself after this ordeal. Yes. And White and my favorite character in the whole movie is in this scene. Okay, there's a lot of great characters in this movie, so I'm, I'm curious which one was your favorite. So, <laughs> White Death Machine is on the phone in the diner, not talking, and then he just hangs the phone up. <laughs> yeah, these guys are mute. They don't say any words the whole movie. There's no reason for this guy to be on the phone. He calls, and Mr. Lou's like, hello, 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 hello. They're like, oh, I'll I know it's someone. you. Yeah, I'll send someone. <laughs> Click. Um, so... The diner owner, is this your favorite, This this the diner owner? No, diner owner is very good. And I wish more diner owners would ran, walk up to a random customer, hand them food and <laughs> Jesus pamphlets. So what Jeff is, is referring to is the diner owner gives him a cheeseburger on the house. He feels bad for White Death Machine. Looks a little down on his luck with his... his <laughs> Bullet wound to the forehead. Bullet wounded forehead and his fucking handcuffs hanging off his, his left hand. Um, and he starts, he gives him that cheeseburger on the house and starts talking all this God shit. Oh my God. <laughs> right out of the gate. God will love you. Doesn't yeah. matter what you do in life. You can turn to God. Everything's going to be okay. God, God, put your, God. Put your God. trust in God. And he's, and the death machine is just sitting there. He's got fucking pamphlets ready to go. Yeah. Like, and he's not here's here's the best part. He's like, all right, guy who's clearly running from the law. I just want you to know me and my wife live out back. It's just yes, us. Right? <laughs> if you want to do a murder, I know exactly where you can go. Anytime you feel like you got to escape the law, you come to our house. Guy we just met with the handcuffs and the bullet wound. You come to our place. My wife lives here. Yeah, we're old. We're old as dirt. <laughs> We're old as shit. You can kill us. No one would ever find out. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Cats are going to eat our face. No problem. So you just, you know, open door treatment I put in my notes. Um, so then bikers arrive. Uh-oh. Local toughs. Local rough and toughs. I cannot figure out which of these people lead this. Who's the leader here? There's no leader to this group. It could be bald guy. It could be um, meth. Uh, addled Richard Branson. It could be any of them. Uh, so one of them is immediately shitting on the diner. He says, I don't want to eat here. Yeah. Which is a classic kind of like bikers show up to a restaurant and just go, this food, this place smells like assholes or something. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, off the top, they're a little rude, but they like come in, they're like, they order food immediately or they order beers immediately. They're like, all right. They're going to be a little annoying, but they're going to patronize this place, which is more than the death machine does. He just sits down Correct. and stews and then gets a free cheeseburger out of it. Yeah, uses the phone and just sits down. Free um, cheeseburger with phone call. It's a special that they're running. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so bald guy. This is my favorite character. Is bald guy. <laughs> this is your favorite character, bald guy. Bald guy. Who, if I had to pick, is probably the leader, but somebody immediately comes up and like rubs his bald head. <laughs> So he's, he's, not that, he's not that much of an alpha. Um, so he seems like he's in charge. He's taking some shit, though. Uh, he has a switchblade comb, which is... It's <laughs> funny. He threatens the guy who rubs his head with the switchblade. He's like, he's like, hey! And then he combs his hair with it. That That's right. when I was like, buddy, I am in love with this bald <laughs> biker guy. He's my favorite character. It's this bald bud. So uh, he says... 
Uh, oh, by the way, no one ever responds to him. No. He talks a lot. No one says anything back to him. This might be a uh, Bruce Willis and Sixth Sense situation. He may not actually be alive. <laughs> Quite possible. So, um, so I broke down this entire scene. It took up about a page, but it is a fantastic scene. Anyone who says that this scene, like I read a, an interview with the, just quick off topic, read an interview with the director who said, he was asked basically, why do people love this movie? And he said, well, I think they love it because like, it's kind of one of those movies that's like uh, funny and and uh, also actiony and something. And I'm like, wait, are you trying to pass off that you intentionally tried to make this funny? Because I would say that this scene alone proves there's no intention whatsoever going no. on. And you'll you'll hear it, you at home and Jeff. Oh, I already heard it, Joe. Right. Uh, but but in case you need to hear it again, bald guy says. He notices White Death Machine. Joe, why don't you – let's do this. I have the script in front of me. I will play the part of White Death Machine. So I okay. will give all the lines that White Death Machine gives, and you just be the biker. You just I go. Will, I will pause to give you a chance to be White Death Machine. Yes. Okay. So bald guy says, hey, who's the Tarzan guy? Hey, Tarzan, are you running from the law, man? He, like, whistles. And he says, this guy's running from the law. Death machine. <laughs> I'm saying the lines, Joe. Okay. Then a uh, guy I call Sunglasses, who's another guy in this crew, says, hey, Tony, I smell a pig, man. This guy's probably an undercover cop. And then one of the other bikers, who I call Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite, says, yeah, look at his haircut. He's got to be a pig, man. And then retard, he said retarded Richard Branson. <laughs> I would says, I would go with meth head Richard Branson. He's got meth some messed head, up teeth. Meth head Richard Branson says, yeah. I don't know, man. Undercover cops, man. They got long hair. This dude's got short hair. And by the way, his hair is not that short. It's basically as long as all of your hair at home after like two months of not getting a haircut. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. White Death Machine has a, has a line here. Hold on. Let me say it. Okay, okay. good. Uh, Pedro then says, "Ah, oh, eat it, turkey. That guy's <laughs> a pig. Can you, can't you smell it? Ugh, bad. And then he laughs. Then bald guy. This is the longest monologue of, of the entire movie. He says, hey, are you a cop? Are you a cop? Hey, I'm talking to you. Talking to you. I'm talking to you. Tarzan, talking to your shit. Talking to your shit. This guy's a cop. Which, by the way, Joe, is him not responding and his hair is too long a better or worse reason that somebody is a cop than he moans like a cop from the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> right. This is, yeah, this somehow tops that moans like a cop. This is that line made into a whole two minutes of a scene. Um. So this guy says, this guy's weird. This is still bald guy. Yeah. <laughs> White death machine. Yeah, he's weird. Uh, this guy's weird. Hey, don't you hear me talking to you? Then he gets up and he starts walking to White Death Machine. He says, don't you hear me talking to you? Talking to you, Tarzan. Hey, Tarzan. He's sitting there eating his, he's sitting there eating his cheeseburger. Tarzan. Then there's a tone shift. Real noticeable. <laughs> yeah, then it gets sad. Look at the muscles on that guy, man. 
He's got long hair and everything. Guy's got to be guy's got to be running from the law. Look at that outfit. Hey you, talking to you, Tarzan. Listen. Look at this guy. Look at this. And he like kind of does like a strong man mocking. Like the king of the castle. King of the castle, right? King of the castle. Man, this guy's got some muscle. I got muscle. Mine are all on the inside, though. Friends all laugh. I laughed so hard at that. Sorry, Joe. I'm a simple man. I laughed at that. (laughs) He says, hey, this guy's got some blood on him. Hey, what's the matter with you, man? Hey, Hey, what do we got here? Then he touches. He goes to touch his cuffs. He says, hey, man, you are running from the law. And then he gets wrecked. Yeah, white death machine destroys him, which, hold on. You have something to say that I have Before we get to that. That is over two minutes of dialogue. Of it all being, I'm talking to you. Hey, Tarzan, this guy's a cop. Basically saying Tarzan 20 times. That yeah. That is two minutes worth of dialogue in this hour and a half movie. So it's, people were like, that's eh, not that long. No, it's an eternity when you're this watching part, yeah. it. This part and the, uh, the death sticks at the dojo just dr- take forever. Those two combined forever. are like five minutes of a 90 minute long movie along with the final shot of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Which Joe, here's my question. Uh huh. What if he had asked him, Hey man, are you a lizard person, man? (laughs) Cause as we all know, if you ask somebody, if there's a lizard person, they can't say no, (laughs) they have to change the subject, which would, right. I mean, same if, if well, I mean, the same way. Yeah. Dumb guy code says if you ask somebody if they're a cop and they are, they have to say yes. That's right. As and, Or if they're a Tarzan. Yeah. It's all the same. <laughs> so I um, wanted to know if he was a lizard man. I'm talking to you, man. Are you a lizard man? Yeah, I almost want to reread. Right. I want to read this whole scene with just lizard. Man. <laughs> uh, we'll do that off off air, maybe. No, or maybe won't. it'll be the bonus material. Ooh, uh, okay. pa- Patreon patrons only. Patreon patrons only get the uh, the the Tarzan scene rewritten as a lizard man. That's right. Um. So, White Death Machine goes insano mode, and he, but he gets knocked down pretty quickly. Do you know? Yeah. He gets basically takes out bald guy, but the other two dudes tackle him. He gets really worked by these bikers more so than an entire dojo worth of karate students. Yeah, and remember, this is the the number one karate champion in the world. Yeah. At the but, time of this filming. Yeah, but the way he stands up, though, it's a very um, uh, Billy Madison. Now you're all in big, big trouble. And then he gets worked. He gets worked over. But thank God there's more than one death machine in this movie. Asian death machine and black death machine come to his aid. They come right through the door. And we get the song of the movie. Devil by the Door, the original the original motion picture song, Devil by the Door. Devil by the Door starts playing on the juke. And the gang, the biker gang, gets its ass kicked. Uh, one of these dudes gets, like, thrown out into, like, a, a very of, like, conveniently pans. No, it was Pennzoil. Very <laughs> conveniently cased stack of Pennzoil in a pyramid just right outside the front door. Yeah, all these dudes are getting, like, thrown over the bar multiple times. Yeah, they get totally worked. They get worked. And then, (laughs) this is my favorite part. This might be my favorite scene, actually, because it's got a lot of great stuff. The diner owner follows White Death Machine as they're all escaping and, like, has the pamphlet. you like, you forgot the pamphlet. (laughs) You'll never find God this way, Tarzan. It's such a bizarre end to that scene. 
You just watch this guy like beat up a bunch of bikers. He's like, hey, wait, you forgot this pamphlet. I wonder if uh, they they actually went to a real diner owner and he was trying to proselytize everybody. And that was him actually being like, hey, none of the cast and crew uh, took the pamphlets with them. <laughs> right. You think they were listening to me while I was talking to him about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And giving away free burgers. Um, <laughs> that guy, that guy's a cool character. I like this. I like uh, proselytizing diner, diner owner. owner. He's so pretty great. He's he's a great unintentionally hilarious character so then death Sheen. we're back at death Sheen. Mm-hmm. and this is by the way this is the part where the term violence gets real loose yes because <laughs> they're like yes. no violence and the yes <laughs> <laughs> the definition of violence gets real loose right here yeah the worst scene is about to happen we just almost we had the best scenes this is now the worst scene about to come up so Death Manchine, Asian dragon lady. First, we need to preface it. She is playing chess alone. <laughs> okay? And she wants Mr. Liu. First, she sees White Death Machine come back. It comes back. She's very relieved. And she wants Mr. Liu to convince Nathan Adams mm-hmm. alone, on his own, to step down. And she wants him to do it non-violently. With no violence. They need leverage, but no violence. But they need leverage, and he does have a daughter. Yes. So, Joe, do they Uh-oh. kidnap the daughter? <laughs> Uh-oh. So, uh, we flash to the daughter's apartment, dorm room. It's an apartment in college. It's like a, a an off-campus apartment. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, looks like a studio. And... The daughter is talking to her dad, Mr. Adams, about school, about boys. Very innocent conversation. Uh, you know, whatever. She hangs up. Which, hold on. In this conversation, she is putting way too much pressure on herself. Way too much pressure. Because she thinks if she fails her first semester of college, it's going to be front page news. Well, she thinks her dad is going to th- quote throw himself out of a window well because of the headline she said i can see it now bank president's daughter fails first semester of college have you ever seen a headline (laughs) bank vice president not the president yeah it's like girl lady put put a little less pressure on yourself okay yeah i just saw on cnn the other day uh, a manager of a wendy's his daughter uh, dropped out of college. And oh he, my God, Joe! Went, he went. He was not happy about it. Yeah, national news. Yeah, I, front so, page news. President we got an epidemic. Not, not even President Zutter fails out of college. Just fails the first the semester. Semester, yeah. She's still there. She's still in college. Her she, first. She has time to make it up. She could still end up with a good GPA even. She is not there on a scholarship. No. She, she's dude's paying for this. Yeah, she's not there on a scholarship because apparently she just leaves her door wide open. Correct, yeah, uh, but no one deserves this because uh, <laughs> she hangs up the phone and the death machines, are you re- are you sitting down? They break in, they knock her out. They start black- to disrobe. <laughs> black death machine takes his jacket off. And white death machine. And white death machine. And Bosley is then also there. Oh, oh he Mr. takes the pictures. Lou has a camera and he's snapping pictures. So what were you going to say something? 
I was just going to say, very loose definition of no violence here. So at this point, it could be anything, kind of. There's, Maybe there's it's a, warm. There's a feeling in your stomach, but it's not fully realized yet. At this point, I'm going, okay, you know what? Maybe they just took off the jackets because they're going to be there a while. They, 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 they're holding her for ransom. I'm like, maybe I'll give the death machine. I'm like, I know Black Death Machine. He wouldn't do this. Black Death Machine wouldn't do this. <laughs> no. He's a very, you know, he's been my neighbor for a long time. Very quiet guy. I know he wouldn't do this. White Death Machine, different story. I don't personally think they should hang out, but uh, yeah. So we flash to Adams's office. And Mr. Liu is visiting Mr. Adams. This is where we find out that his name is Mr. Liu. Is We're two-thirds of the way through the movie. Yes. Uh, and Mr. Liu shows Adams... Uh, well, first he shows up without an appointment. And it, uh, his fucking... Mr. Adams' secretary just lets him stroll right in. <laughs> yeah, I think her name is Kay. Yeah, she's worthless. Kay so, sucks, dude. She Kay sucks. is so pointless. <laughs> Kay sucks. She had one job. She sucks at it. She had two jobs. She sucked at both. One, make sure people don't just wander into his office. Two, have spare keys to set Keep office. Keep key in her desk <laughs> to open the door. Um, so Mr. Liu shows Adams some pictures. Um, and Adams doesn't know who the hell this guy is. Uh, but Mr. Liu shows the pictures and says, quote, she was not totally conscious at the time. Yes. So, um, so you're, you're like, all right, this is bad. (laughs) This sounds really bad. Yeah. Well, and he's like, don't worry about who the men in the pictures are. They're not important. Correct. Um, he also, then Adams yells at him because he's like, yells at Lou to leave. Get the hell out of my office. Yeah. But Lou convinces him with another set of pictures that they are not playing softball here. And he shows those pictures and says, even though your daughter may be as sexually sophisticated as other students today. I'm quite sure... I'm quite sure their sexual habits do not include this. Thoughts? (laughs) Jeff, this scene feels problematic. (laughs) I can't put my tongue... can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I'm, um... I'm glad they didn't resort to violence, I guess, because apparently in 1976, um, rape isn't violence. Yeah, well, she was mostly totally, mostly unconscious. It was, um, you know, when you watch like horror movies now, like horror movies, you get the creeping terror in your stomach. Yeah. That's, that you're like, no, nah, this can't be, no, nah, this can't be it. This, no, nah, this can't. This Five can't be minutes it. of creeping terror that yeah. Bill and I'm like, Bill... no, I'm like, no, they just kidnapped her. That's fine. I'm like, mostly conscious. Okay, maybe they were, like, manhandling maybe... her. Well, so it, even at that point, I'm like, well, maybe it's one of those innocent kind of disrobings. Maybe they kind of open the buttons and the bra's still on. Yeah, you know? maybe something like that. Or I was thinking, like, they tied her up and, like, there's pictures of her, like, getting, like, burned with a cigarette or something. Sure. Well, he still, does say still yeah, violence, torture. still violence. But you don't think anything sexual has happened until he actually says the words "sexual habits do yeah. not include." I'm I, glad they didn't resort to violence because apparently this doesn't qualify as violence. Yeah, I um, yeah, <laughs> this 
canceled? Can you say canceled? Yeah. Mr. Lou, you are canceled. You are canceled, sir. And all of your affiliates. Yeah. Um, so this, I mean, this really tells you how the 70s handled stuff like rape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like, rape was, was like one they, of... They kept saying no violence. And I'm like, mm, fairly sure that's violence. more of a hobby back then. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. Okay. All right. So then... Adams must leave the bank. This is the terms. These pictures are going to make it out um, unless Adams leaves the bank and the city and no one will be harmed. Except <laughs> his daughter. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, except so, his daughter. Except for the daughter. Um, yeah, that seems like a weird way of negotiating. Let me do the horrible thing that you could never fucking fathom and then you do what I say. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's your like, I've played all my cards. Your move. Now get out of town. Yeah. Uh, so Adams refuses. Duh. <laughs> Mr. Lou points a gun at him. Guess we're getting violent. Uh, he handcuffs him to a file cabinet. And this is the scene from the trailer. He sets up a Buddha bomb uh, just out of reach. He locks, locks the, the door. door. And then he leaves out of a separate door. Which is amazing because I was wondering, how did he know? Like, what if that was just like a closet? Well, yeah, he must have known that it was like, uh, and I'm wondering if it was like a private bathroom that has like a small window. Because otherwise, why is the secretary not going through that way? Yeah, if it's just like out into the hallway. But anyways, I thought it would be very funny if he opens the door and he's like, uh, uh, dip, this is a closet. Um, how do I, uh, how, how do I get out of here? <laughs> Oof. Oof. Um, so Adams calls for his secretary, who sucks. World's What's her name? Useless secretary. K, Liz? I think. Hey, uh, is this MI6? Uh, so anyway, uh, she can't get in. Uh, so she bails. She's just <laughs> she's done. <laughs> she's just like I don't I don't I don't know. I guess I'm gonna leave. You blow this is up. Not my my problem. Uh, the bomb malfunctions, thankfully, temporarily. Uh, and and uh, Mr. Adams is relieved. But then it continues and it detonates and, and the whole building up. explodes. Yeah. Which, by the way, Joe, filing cabinets aren't that heavy. No, they're not. And this one is not bolted to the wall. You can no, because he's moving it. It's wobbling. If he really wanted to live, he could have pulled this off. Totally. This dude needs to, like, work on his, his upper body strength a little bit. Well, not anymore. There, because he, uh, he doesn't have upper body. So, yeah. Joe, the bomb goes off. Are you ready for a completely different movie? I sure am. Because, Good thing, because well, they deliver. Well, first, first, we flash to the mansion. Oh yeah. And Asian dragon lady and Lynn are burning Adam's headshot and exchanging smirks. Okay. Like ah. Uh? Okay, Jeff. Are you then ready? Get a whole new movie. Are you ready for Goodwill Hunting, the prelude? Oh my God. The Karate we Architect. Flash to the dojo. And Frank, remember Frank, blonde guy? Yeah. Visits the scene of the crime and reminisces about the night he lost his arm. We get flashes mm -hmm. of all the horror of losing his arm and everyone getting butchered in a bloodless battle. <laughs> and Nurse Florence arrives. Actually, and I just want to say, before we skip, you know, keep going, credit for a good shot. He punches a punching bag and he looks to the side a broken mirror and it's shown three times representing the death machines what ha he who's shown three times so frank punches 
uh, a, um, a punching bag. A punching bag. And then it cuts to the punching bag being reflected in a shattered mirror. And it shows it three times. And he kind of oh. looks at it like it's the three death machines. That's pretty cool. I, the, okay. I, Before they they did one good thing in the movie. That's a fantastic thing. That, yeah. I'll give him, I didn't even notice that because I was so swept up in the idiocy. That's pretty cool. Um, so now we get uh, – I, I wrote a lot of this dialogue down. Uh, so let's just dive right in. Frank says, how did you know I was here? Florence said, Ned at the bar told me. Good old Go Ned. Ned. Our favorite character in this movie so far. If you haven't seen. Frank says, it's my lunch hour. By the way, they had an hour for lunch at hourly work. He's the suit at a bar? bar back. Yeah, he's just a bar back. He probably works five hours. That is fantastic if they got an hour back. We are getting screwed in the 2010s. Amen. We got strength re-strengthen unions. He's re part of the bar, bar back union. The service union. So then Florence said, he said, you used to use your lunch hours to study. And then Frank says, well, I quit school. And Florence says, why? why? I had dreams I just of becoming an architect. <laughs> this is guy who had his hand cut off. Okay. This is like a random verse. This is, this is like misery levels of just like, you are now mine and I will take you to be mine and I will hear nothing else. This is just yeah. a random nurse who helped him. Yeah, what's that um that meme of of the girl with the the crazy eyes? Oh, uh, overly attached girlfriend, overly attached nurse. Yeah, this is overly attached, not even girlfriend yet. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, like, go away, and she's like, oh, I know you'll come to love me. He's like, leave oh, me alone, and she's like, oh, Frank, no one knows. Like, you I know like you'll I get do. over this. Yeah, and then she's like, I didn't ask to get involved. It's like well, no, nobody no, no, asked no. you. <laughs> Wait a minute, I have that scene. So Nurse continues to try to get Frank to get let his guard down, right? And Frank says, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> Florence, for says, what? Florence says, I'm the one who's sorry for getting involved. And then Frank says, you don't know how it is for me. And Florence says, I know how it is, Frank. And Frank says, no one asked you to go. And she says, what, get involved? Sure. No she one did. <laughs> then there's she a pause. Is an absolute lunatic. She says, look, I won't be bothering you anymore. Goodbye, Frank. She starts walking away. Then she says, aren't you even going to call me back? <laughs> You've shown no interest in this woman. She shows up. He's like, go away. She's like, oh, I see the game we're playing here. <laughs> He's like, please leave me alone. I went through a traumatic experience. She's like, ah, playing hard to get. Takes two to tango. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I need you to leave. And she's like, fine, I'll leave. And then she stops like, aren't you going to stop me? It's like, no. Frank says, wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Florence says, I can see it's going to take some time getting used to you. She's <laughs> like, I see it's going to take a restraining order to get away from you. Frank, Frank says, why would you even want to try? Florence Florence says, I don't know. Maybe by the time I get used architect. to you, maybe by the time I get used to you, you'll be used to yourself. And Frank says, "This, that's it. That line got him. He says, would you like to come over to the bar for some coffee? Maybe the waiter isn't friendly, but the coffee's pretty good. Florence says, 
Is it a nice bar? Jeff, is it a nice bar? Smash cut, topless bar. It's a titty bar. <laughs> Smash cut. Just an amazing. And it's play, and, and the music is this game. like old time like piano. Yeah. <laughs> but it the but the music is coming out of the jukebox because the jukebox is a big part of the scene multiple times. It's it's the the spark that lights the fire at Ted's bar. It is the broken windows of broken windows policing in this bar. Correct. Uh. So. <laughs> so. By the way, this is their first date. <laughs> Florence does bar piano music. So Florence does not look happy. Here well, no, are some, he's on the clock. Here are some potential reasons why. <laughs> One, she's in a titty bar. Two, her boyfriend is on the clock during the date. Three, her boyfriend is a major mope. Major mope. And four, she's in a titty bar. <laughs> so, Joe. Um, yeah. Well, we get the patron who says he's seen better entertainment at the zoo because he complains no, about being a dollar. Before that, Florence... Florence, Nurse Florence, subtly hints that she wants Frank to quit. Yes. She says, do you like working here? He's like, well, no, I got one hand. What do you want from me? Frank doesn't get it. He's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's OK. Um, so that's when Sharon, the stripper, asks Frank for change. Um, by the way, what is this girl's life about? <laughs> She's the she's dancing topless to piano music in the middle of the day. How great would it be if like they they like went like Inception style like into 20, her story? twenty minutes into her story <laughs> and then back out to Frank? Um, because I just want some insight into what's going on with her. So Ned sits down and has a chat with Florence. Hold on. Okay. Why? Where does Ned send Frank? To the back to get some some kegs, some cases of beer. Joe, have you ever carried a case of beer? Uh, yes. Like a twenty-four pack. Oh yeah, yeah. How many hands did you need to carry that? One if I'm feeling buff. Two if I if I don't. How many hands does Frank have? His uh one. <laughs> and he just got out of the hospital. I don't think he's feeling very buff. <laughs> Ned is sadistic. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, he's not using the dolly. There's no dolly in this scene. No, right? he carries it with. This is where it's clearly like he doesn't even not try. A fake hand. He doesn't even try to pretend like it's a fake hand. But and I'm it's like, not a hook. Remember, it's it's yeah. it's a prosthetic hand. It's a glove. And um, a yeah, when he sat down with uh, Florence, he was like, "Sorry, I had to move some cases." So this is something that Ned's just like, "Hey, hey, hey." One hand. Hey, Stumpy. Stumpy. <laughs> just go move some go go move some beer around. I want something to laugh at. Yeah. Dude, what do you what do you think I keep you around here for? <laughs> your you're hot head. Your hot hair. Yeah. <laughs> your mopey attitude. <laughs> yeah. Go 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 waddle back to the back and uh and finagle a, a case of beer for me. Yeah, while you're at it, why don't you carry a keg out here? I want to see that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see you roll a roll a keg out here. Um, so Ned, but he's also worried about Frank since the accident. He's been, he's been concerned. <laughs> His mood isn't what it used to be. Yeah. And he talks to Florence. He's like, oh, you were the one on the phone, huh? 
So I guess Ned just gives out random information about his cus- about his employees <laughs> over the phone. It's a good point. And because uh, she's like, she's like, oh, you're at this dojo, you know, you wanted to be an architect. What happened? It's like Ned told her all this stuff. Like, how lonely is Ned? Dude, for sure. What is Ned up to? Can we get 20 minutes on him? Yeah, He's probably just like sitting in the Ned. back with like pictures all over his wall. Yeah, let's incept into Ned. Um, so. Florence is insecure about their relationship. I wonder why. <laughs> what and, relationship? Right. <laughs> Ned says, oh, don't worry. Because she's thinking he's going to go after Sharon the stripper. He's like, oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Sharon's a moron. Sharon's, Sharon's terrible. <laughs> um, and he's so, like, hey, Sharon, you're the worst. He's like, I know. Can I have some change? <laughs> so... The jukebox is so the jukebox is broken. It stops working. An old man in the sea bar patron gets mad about it. And the beer sucks, so drunk guy wrecks the bar over it. This is exact. So exactly what happens is he's like, "Hey, this doesn't work. You're this isn't working right." And Ned's like, "Just bang on it a little bit." And then we get a minute of him just like whacking off this. Yeah. yeah. And then Ned offers to give him his change back. Uh, and he says, well, I want a dollar for the beer, too, because it sucks. And uh, he says, now, nah, wait a minute. Can't do that. I'm running a business. Yeah. <laughs> and drunk guy just rears back and clocks him. Just, just, yeah, just wallops Ned. Poor Ned, man. Wallops Ned, smashes everything. His friend at the pool table starts smashing just stuff. Just like chucking pool balls at, at, at Frank, who's done nothing Frank. so far. Uh. And then he knocks out Frank Cold on the bar. Um, and then, as, as his uh, pièce de résistance, he's he on his way out the bar, bar stool, and he's walking out the bar. Stops, turns around, goes back, th- throws a bar stool through the uh, window, yes. the stained glass window. Amazing. And um, um, and the shot of Frank, it looked like the water was shooting out of his nose. That was the only final note. Yeah. Yeah, or like out of his mouth. It's kind of like a real – it was an artistic-looking shot. Like they yeah. meant for it to be the, that way. The, whoever directed this movie inside the movie had some – had a little bit of chops. Right, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was like the assistant. You could just – like, all right, you get two scenes to work with. That's it. Yeah. Um. And then we get the beginning of the Top Gun sex scene. Well, we get uh, – that was the f- final straw for Nurse Florence. Yeah. After seeing him get knocked out cold with one punch, now she has to have him. Yeah. Physically. <laughs> so. So weird. So she gives him some smelling salts and they get down to business. We, right. <laughs> we get the silhouette kissing scene. Take the Top Gun scene. And that lasts about two seconds because it dissolves into an immediately unhappy Florence. Like noticeably unsatisfied. Yeah. And um, and Frank is buttoning up his shirt with one hand. With his one hand, Florence wants to know where this relationship is headed. <laughs> Dude, you were his nurse. You, you, you tracked him down. Him into sex. <laughs> you are insane, lady. There are three things in this, three characters in this movie called Death Machines, and you are the craziest person in this oh, movie. Oh God, I have like a headache. I'm laughing so hard. Um, so Florence, I wrote this down. Florence says. Where do we go from here? You go home, Florence. Frank, this is what Frank says. Well, I guess I go back to the bar and you go back. 
She says, back to the hospital. He says, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Ugh. Maybe we should both go back to the hospital and just start all over again. And Florence says, I wish we could go back in time. Frank says, I'd like to go back a lot farther than that. Reminder, this subplot basically started 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, this subplot is 20 minutes long in this movie. Of this 90-minute movie, 20 minutes of it is this random... I mean, that's the length of, you know, sitcom episodes. Yes. Yeah, it's a whole sitcom plunked into this thing. Yeah. Um, And um, by the way, he'd like to go back in time to having a hand. That's what he would say. What does she want to go back in time for? Uh, So she can come off less of a psycho, I guess. (laughs) So she can just, like, transfer patients? Like, I don't know what she... Yeah, she got what she wanted. (laughs) She's, she's, She's winning. He's winning. Yeah. Um, Frank. Yeah. Then he's like, all right, fine. Let's have a weekend away together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Frank (laughs) laments not killing those death machines when he, when he had the chance. (laughs) He had no chance. He stood around like a goober while they slaughtered like 30 guys and then got his hand cut off. When was his chance? Yeah. So Florence's solution to getting his mind off of this is that they should take a vacation somewhere, maybe to the beach. And Frank says, I got enough money for food, gas, Maybe a movie or two and a motel. Florence says, is it a nice motel? I said, what do you think? (laughs) When his money, his his entire money pile is like one, maybe two movies. I don't think we're looking at a good motel here. Yeah. When he's speaking of like, like, yeah, confidently about how he has enough for food and gas. (laughs) I don't think this is going to be anything above Motel 6 level. No. Joe, I got a question for you. I want yeah. I have I would like you to just just picture yourself. So you're you're out doing whatever and um you're involved uh, you're the victim of a crime, okay? Yeah. And then you're you end up in the hospital, you're nursed back to health. Okay. You're transferred at some point to another hospital. Okay? You go about your day. Mhm. And then the nurse from the first hospital you were there for for like a day just like shows up at your studio (laughs) are you taking her on vacation like three hours later i think i immediately jump out the window i'm terrified at that point you mean you mean the nurse that was like pestering me about my nurse florence comment yes but she just shows up and he's like all right let's go on vacation i'm gonna spend all my money on vacation with you yeah i run (laughs) i run so far away yeah um so they, but no, he, he, he's going to give it a chance because basically nagging her for 10 minutes hasn't worked. He's going to take psycho. her, he's going to fight this with love. He's going to take her to the beach. He's going to give her every, she, everything she ever wants and hopes she gets bored. So uh, he's going <laughs> he's he's to the beach. That she gets a be careful what you wish for situation. Right. Yeah. Um. So Florence, he's going to take her on a trip to the beach. What do you think Florence is wearing for her trip to the beach? Gee, Joe, I don't know. Is it beach appropriate wear? It is an awful maroon pantsuit. <laughs> oh, okay. It's hmm. terrible. That's that's what I wear to the beach. Is it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so flashback to this might end the podcast. So flash. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, we flash back to Joe, the. I death didn't ma- want it to be this way. <laughs> I didn't want to get involved this way. No one asked you to get involved, Jeff. You did, <laughs> except you for me. Involved. <laughs> Um, so Death Man Sheen 
we're back there. And Asian Dragon Lady tells Mr. Liu to bring the death machines to meet Mr. G. Remember him? Yeah, remember him? The <laughs> remember whole Mr. point G? of the movie? Um, that was like three movies ago. Yeah, yeah. He's he's landing at the airport slash airstrip in slash the middle of nowhere. Dirt lot. <laughs> uh, and uh, Asian Dragon Lady hints that they should kill him. Oh, no. Uh, because she thinks Mr. G might have the same idea about them. Which Why he does. would he? <laughs> what? Wait, what is the long-term business plan here? Um, To kill the only guy in town who will give them assassination contracts? Yeah, she sent this. This is apparently not a town with anybody else doing anything criminal. Uh. Which, Joe, we have to remember, murder is not a crime, so even they are not doing anything criminal. Well, they've raped a girl at this point. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, never mind. Never mind, Zs. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's spent this whole time, like, proving to Mr. G that she's, like, a competent, you know, proving her competence and her professionalism. And basically now she wants to blow that up. Yeah, she's like, let me prove to you that I deserve these contracts. She proves she deserves these contracts. She gets, She's going to get paid for it. And then she's like, let me just murder my only connection to further payment. Right. <laughs> T- terrible plan, really. Oh, wait. Actually, you know what, Joe? The smoking man at the beginning did say that this was just a test run to see how they operate. Yes. So maybe so, this was the, the it was never about the contracts. It was just seeing how the death machines work. <sighs> Well, I then I have to question why even do the payment or like the weird kind of yeah that part's plan. weird like that yeah I don't know Joe I'm starting to think that they just wrote this movie and never did a second draft <laughs> of the script I think so too so Frank spots the death machines while driving to the beach with Florence and he kicks Florence out of the car. <laughs> He pulls over. He's like, get out, 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 get out. He tells her to go call the homicide. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. We don't know if it's because he saw the death machines or because he was like, what am I, what am I doing? Why am I taking this woman to the beach? I got to go chase down these homicidal maniacs. Yeah. And I don't think I'll be able to call you afterwards. He's like, he's like, do I choose maybe death or going to the beach with this woman? Oh, maybe death. Yeah, yeah. You don't expect me to call. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, a big lot on my plate. Um, so, yeah. He tells her to call the homicide department, give them the license plate number, and he pursues the death machines. Now, Florence calls Forrester, uh, who gives and then gives him the license plate mm-hmm. and is worried about Frank. She, she's yeah. worried that he's going to do something erratic. You can't take them on single-handedly. <laughs> but um, so Forrester puts out an APB and heads out, but the captain still wants that report. Yeah, the captain comes storming <laughs> out of his office and is like, "Give me that report." Which, by the way, it's been like three days, I think. Yeah, about that. Well, we've there's been a few days of this uh this relationship, this budding relationship. Yeah. So, so Forrester says, screw you. He says a lot of stuff. And then he says, screw you. He at this point, your- I'm kind of on the 
the side of the the captain at this point because Forster's had like days to write this report. Totally, he's slacking for sure. And he hasn't done anything in maybe forty minutes in this movie. And he's gone to zero HR meetings. Nope. No HR meetings. He's just screwing around. So then we flash back to Lou and the Death Machines. They arrive at the airstrip, and Frank hides on a uh, kind of a hill and watches. Yeah. Mr. G arrives and hands Lou a briefcase of money and then gets right back on the plane. By the way, Mr. G towers over Mr. Lou. He is huge. He's a humongous person. This is the first time you realize it. Yeah, and this is a Brixton situation, which is why does he not delegate this? Good point. Why yes, is he the, the one doing why is he the one doing the handoff? It's just a handoff. Yeah, it seems like a waste of of fuel. Send this guy commercial or something. <laughs> yeah. Which um, this scene is also whenever I see one of these little these tiny little Cessnas, I'm always like, I want to drive one of those around. They look like fun to drive around. What? Oh, the little planes? Yeah, the little Cessnas. Yeah, I'm terrified of those things. They look so fragile. Um, so Mr. Lou has white death machine blow up the plane with a rocket launcher, right? They do the whole thing. They same thing from before. They attach it to yeah. in two parts. Tap him on the head. He he blows it up. Which. And, Joe, what one skill did they show the White Death Machine having in the training montage? Crashing a car. Oh, no, in, in the training. He can use a gun. He can use a gun. He doesn't use a gun the whole rest of the movie. Correct. He uses a bazooka twice, cars multiple times, parkour. Now, you need to have aim to fire a rocket launcher. You also need to have a, a general sense of aim to drive. Well, he doesn't have that for the second <laughs> one because all he does is crash in these vehicles. Right. Um, but maybe he's aiming for all these things. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And the pilot is just driving at them while they're setting up this bazooka in the middle of the field, not yeah. even trying to hide it. It takes a while. Like, you can stare directly out there. You see the guy with the rocket launcher, and you're like, huh. Yeah, I wonder okay. what he's doing there. You think he's going to shoot off some fireworks to see us off? Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's like a confetti gun. Yeah. he's like, and it's or, or it shoots a banner that says, thanks for doing business with us. Thanks a lot, Mr. G. <laughs> he's like, oh, um, that's nice of them. Very nice. See, these they guys are, are, these they guys are, are professional. professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, very thoughtful. So uh, anyway, Mr. G's dead. And you <laughs> and Death Machines leave the scene. And Frank follows them to the Death Machine. Now. Back at the death machine, all of the death machines are going up. They've, they've told Dragon Lady the job's done. She's pleased. Mm -hmm. They start walking up to their dorm room, and White Death Machine bumps into Asian Dragon Lady on the staircase. Takes no guff from her. So she wants them all killed. <laughs> Correct. That's the, the centerpieces. The centerpieces of this mastermind operation. They bumped her on the stairs. She's, she's like, they gotta go. That's it. <laughs> all of them. My black lover. All of them. <laughs> uh, so uh, she puts Mr. Lou on it. Um, <laughs> Mr. Lou, the, the, the four foot dude. Yeah, the four foot dude with the tiny. He's just got a little pistol. Pea he's shooter. Just, he's got yeah. a little pea shooter, I said. Hey, Joe, uh, what's the one thing we've learned that cannot kill death machines in this movie? Uh. Apparently, normal Glock bullets can't, so I'm assuming pea shooter bullets can't either. Okay. And I assume that Mr. Lou knows this. You'd assume so, yeah. They've, okay. Yeah. All right, I'm just Seen making sure. Action. I'm just making sure. So we hear three shots off screen. 
And, uh, oh, boy, did Mr. Lou pull it off? Did he do it? Frank? No, I don't think he did. Well, we'll find out. So Frank begins the longest descent up a front entry staircase, stairway that I've ever seen in my life. I've watched so many shitty movies. This is insane how long this is. He is five to six feet away from the door. Okay? That's where he starts. Yes. He starts walking, and then it cuts back. It's like cutting to shot of the door, uh, point of view, and then back to him, like uh, from the point of view of the door, basically. And it's just, it's like he's moving backwards. I don't understand. It's so weird. Not at the door. Um, Frank eventually opens this door. Uh, no, 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 wait, wait. First, Frank uh, gets into the house. He opens the first door, and then we begin the slow ascent up the up staircase. The second set of stairs, yes. Which, by the way, such a ripoff of Psycho. It's If you watch Psycho back-to-back oh, yeah. back with this, this is, they just ripped off Psycho. This movie's basically Psycho, right? Basically, it's basically same, the same movie. Same, plot, same movie, yeah. So he gets up to the top, and he opens a door at the end of the top of the hallway, or he's going to go open it, and Asian Dragon Lady bursts out, okay? With a sword. With a katana. And she just starts hacking away at Frank and, like, moving him down the staircase. Not landing a blow, just, like, swiping at him, and he's moving and falling backward. Without falling down the staircase itself and cracking his head open. No, he's, like, slowly, like, moving with his hands and butt down the yeah. stairs. Joe, hand and butt. Hand he's, only, he's only got one hand. Hand and butt. Uh, he makes it out of the house. Uh, Asian dragon lady gives him a nice little slash on the back, which would suck, by the yeah. way. Uh, but then she goes in for the kill, and she gets shot to death by... Uh, it wasn't Frank or it wasn't it was Forrester, Forrester. It the was other Jared. Jared. Yeah. So which how, take that. Would they have been able to save his life if they were doing paperwork? Huh, Mr. Green, Captain Green. So. Although now they got a whole bunch of other paperwork because they've just shot a minority at her home. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that paperwork, Joe. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, Forrester begins his slow. It's hard to explain here. He's. So Forrester enters the house. You think the scene's done. It's now, everyone's dead. Slow ascent up the stairs. Yep. Un unbelievable scene. Which, he just wanders into this house. Right. Doesn't he need a warrant? Or I guess somebody getting killed outside is probable cause. Probable cause for something fishy. Well, you know what? You know what, he, you, know what you need to do a warrant to get a warrant, right? What? Paperwork. Oh, yeah. Not, you know what he's not, not going to do? No paperwork. Not not in Forrester's book. It's not his game. Nope. And so he eventually discovers a dead Mr. Lou. <gasps> no death machines. Wait, the four-foot-tall guy with a gun didn't kill the bulletproof death machine? Like a six-shooter. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's he's dead. He's it apparently was shot three times. <laughs> hey, got to make sure. Uh, where are the death machines, Jeff? <laughs> Not at the airport, that's for certain. They're at the airport. And doing they're, a BG strut, baby. They're doing a BG strut, and they're collecting tickets for a flight. Question. Yes. This is 1976. 
Yes, that's a statement. This is but... before the internet. Uh huh. To get a plane ticket back then, you had to be able to talk. <laughs> um, I don't know. All I of, got nothing. I got all nothing. Their intermediaries are dead. Okay. Florence did it for him. I'm just Florence leave has you. been a secret agent. I'm going to leave you with that. So, our and then our film leaves us with a long still of all three death machines dressed in snazzy outfits. This lasts a minute and 30 seconds. And again, if you think that's a short amount of time, I implore you to check it out. To check it out. <laughs> this is forever. It was enough time for me to get up, check the Roku stick on my TV, <laughs> It was, everything was fine. I thought the video crapped out. I went back to, I'm like, in awe, what is going on here? Make it back to the couch. And then finally, the end. The end. Which, Joe, the end, question mark? Exclamation point. So, you know the scene at the beginning with the smoking man? Yes. That scene was added. And it was added as is. Because they were hoping there could be a sequel, and then they would cast that character. Ah. So they made this movie. They made this movie, and they were like, yes, people are going to want more of this. And went back and added that scene. Well, Ron Marchini was a star. People want more Ron. The Marchini Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Here's here's a fun thing. I'm just going to include this. Uh, I read an article, uh, an interview on Medium with the i wonder if i can pull it up uh it was with the uh dude who directed it and hold on so anyways while joe pulls that up uh yeah death machines 1976 if you want to be flabbergasted i would say check it out it's only an hour and a half it's on youtube for free if you want to see the insanity, go for it. Uh, I think YouTube lets you watch things on one and a half speed, so maybe do that. <laughs> Only mm-hmm. kill an hour with it. Totally, yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I want to read some of this because I think it's gonna it's gonna blow you away, and it's gonna be really quick. So this is part of a interview with, or actually no, this one's just a breakdown of the film itself. So or the career of Ron Marchini it says. Following Murder in the Orient, which was his first film, Marchini did his first of two great films with the recently rediscovered, great films, okay, rediscovered genre filmmaker Paul Kiriazzi, Death Machines. The synopsis of the film on IMDb is as such. An evil oriental dragon lady injects three martial arts fighters with a serum that turns them into zombie-like assassins, and she sends them out against her enemies. Mm-hmm. Marchini is one of the three death machines, the zombie-like assassins mentioned above. He is credited as White Death Machine and is part of the trio of assassins comprised also of Black Death Machine and Asian Death Machine. Curiosity would later cast Marchini again as he was, quote, extremely impressed with Marchini what? as both an actor and as a martial artist. No. In fact... I had a chance to speak with Paul on one of my podcasts and a bit more afterwards, he raved about Ron and basically insisted that I watch Ron's entire catalog. Once I had the chance, he had no lines, no emotions. 
All his karate was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he, eight year old. Not even good at screaming. <laughs> I wish I had somebody who loved me as much as that guy loves Marshini. Paul Curiazzi. Paul Curiazzi. Because we, we is, should all have a director like Paul Curiazzi in our lives. Somebody just egging me on because, good God, he didn't do anything. And, and the guy just has nothing but good words for him. He gave him no lines. <laughs> yeah. There are, what would you say, seven main characters in this movie? There's the Death Machines, Bosley, Dragon Bosley. Lady, Frank, and Forrester. I would call the main characters. What about Florence? No, dude, Florence. <laughs> She's not a main character to you. Not a main character. She's supporting character. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I guess so. And three of them don't have Wait, any. Wait, did you line. say Mr. G? Mr. G's not a main character. Mr. G is a humongous character in this movie. I think of main characters as people that are there that are important from the beginning to the end. And Mr. Okay. G just disappears for 40 minutes. Okay, Mr. <laughs> because we have to make room for Frank. But it is arguable Mr. G has more screen time than Frank. Well, I mean, if we're going by pure screen time, then screen uh, time lines, then Jerry is like a main character. Pivotal plot points. If we're going by number of lines, then Tarzan, the biker guy, is just like a biker guy. Is he has to be a main character? Yeah, he's he's the main character of this movie. He is the death machine. Oh my God, Jeff! Thoughts? Where, I'm happy. I'm happy. Nobody like. They didn't try to, like, inject feeling into this movie. Like, they knew what it was. <laughs> but they really did. <laughs> well, okay. Actually, you're right. I forgot about the 20-minute sub-movie. But more what I was saying was, I'm glad that the Death Machines weren't conflicted about what they were going to do, like Dom always was in all the sure. Fast and Furious movies. They're Death they didn't machines. give them souls. Yeah, no souls. No fathers. Nothing. No fathers. No family. Nothing. Yeah. These are, so, what, who are these guys? They're just random dudes they picked up. They're Death Machines. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. Joe, have you seen the movie Death Machine? They are the Death Machine. Okay. Uh, so, are you disappointed they were not machine? I'm, you know what? I am disappointed that the way the distributor chose to market this movie was as a sci-fi movie. I am disappointed that they weren't some sort of like Android Robocop type thing. A Brixton. A Brixton. Yeah. Black Jesus, white Jesus and Asian Jesus. You mean Black Superman? <laughs> oh, yeah. Black Jesus is Kanye West. Right, yeah. Black Superman, White Superman, and Asian Superman. Which, the middle one is just Superman. It's just Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, wish that we got a little bit more about who these death... Like, not maybe who these death machines are, but I would have liked, like, I my I idea. Was, yeah. Or they were, like, like, I thought they were sleeper cells that got activated. That would have been cool. Sure. Take this whole Frank subplot with Florence Nightingale. <laughs> Give me more 20 more minutes with these death machines. 20 minutes of death machines. There was a point where it felt like in the diner that maybe white death machine was going to start like Go rediscovering his, his humanity. No, yeah. like he gets the cheeseburger, maybe reads the pamphlet. He, and he starts love. thinking about his place in, in this grand experiment. Yeah, he gets some love and he's like, what means love and he breaks the spell <laughs> what what means jesus <laughs> just start speaking in tongues joe how excited would you have been if the the diner owner was like here's some pamphlets boy and here's something that'll keep you safe 
Oh my God. <laughs> he pulls out Jesus chain. Oh boy. He's like, this this will make everybody around you stupider, make you look smarter by comparison. What what if he said, My father gave me this? Father. My father Dominic, Dominic Toretto. <laughs> this and, is like years in the future. And what Check. if instead of cheeseburger, he gave him tuna on white, no Christ cold Corona. Oh my God. <laughs> Every movie is as a Fast and the Furious movie. This did have a lot of Hobbs and Shaw. It's 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 coincidental that we did this after Hobbs and Shaw because there's a lot of parallels to Hobbs and Shaw. Show your work. <laughs> Genetically enhanced super super soldiers. Okay. And okay. Tifa super soldiers. And Tifa super soldiers. Uh, references to Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, actually, Hobbs and Shaw didn't have any of that. Oops. Oh. I'm already off the rails. Um, rails. Uh, serums? Uh, serums. People projected with things? Mysterious, uh, uh, mysterious oh, robotic direct- voice director. Uh-huh. Okay. You see where I'm getting this, right? You see where I'm going? Uh, I guess. You're you're like actors. They used cameras. There was was, a soundtrack. There were actors (laughs) and they used a script. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So yeah, one thing, if I had to define this movie, I would say everything was done once. Yeah. One take Tony's. No rewrites. The music was was as is. Mm -hmm. No one take. Just straight. Nobody through. watched it. Yeah, nobody. It nobody out. was watching dailies to see if they should reshoot anything. Like I said, they bought an hour and thirty-three minutes worth of film, and they used all of it. That's right. Shoot this one hour and thirty-three minutes, which actually they maybe they only bought ninety minutes of film, which is why they had to be paused on the guys for so long. <laughs> well, it may not even right. It it may not even be a an issue of of only wanting to do it once or having only an hour and a half worth of film. Maybe it's just they only had 70K to work with, and so they could only rent these places out for the time they shot it. That's true. Well, I know the diner was actually a warehouse. I saw that. But then okay. they're, like, in a park. Oh, yeah, I guess they're in a hospital. They're in yeah. A station. Okay, yeah, so there that. are real sets. A mansion, which is probably just a mansion somebody owns. Totally. <laughs> it's probably Dude, that mansion had some shitty, like... It needs some work on the outside. It was, like not, yeah, it, was, it was like uh, the money pit. Right. Like a decade before the movie takes place. It's right. starting to fall apart. So, Jeff, what would you think of the movie, though? I, One to ten. I give it a star for every death machine. Three stars of t- out of ten. That's and pretty- five stars for every romantic love story. Hey, it's an eight? <laughs> out of... Out of no, it's not. I mean, I'd rather watch or it's it than a thirteen if you count Asian Dragon Lady and Black Death Machine. <laughs> That's very true. Um, no, I mean, I'm I'm glad I watched it instead of like Fast Four. Sure. Fast Four. I mean, it's probably it's not arduous. No, it's not arduous at all. It goes fast. It does. Except it for goes... when it doesn't. Except for when it doesn't. <laughs> Except for moments and scenes where it feels like it's going to last forever. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's an hour and a half. It's fun. It's stupid. You can laugh at it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, fascinating. 
fascinating. Need to know more about how this happened. I think the answer lies in the main character. I wouldn't even call the main character, but he's listed first in the IMDb page, also being the producer. I think it has a lot to do with that. I think so. So, yeah, go check it out, I think. And um, I think that'll do it unless you have uh, any more notes for the Death Machines, Joe. I think I've exhausted my notes thoroughly. All right. We got to take down the anti-cancellation shield. You're uh, you're responsible for your own. No longer safe. Yeah, no (laughs) longer safe. So thanks for listening, everybody, to this episode of the Reactionaries podcast. Again, Death Machines, 1976. It's on Amazon Prime. You have to look it up. It's not the first one that comes up for some reason. It's also free on YouTube. Um, It's also free on Action Flicks, which Joe has on Roku. In HD. Yeah, better better than Amazon, which seemed to be a VHS transfer. It was very weird. Yes. So thanks for listening, everybody. If you liked what you heard, go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on your app of choice. Like I always say, if you didn't like what you heard, just rate or just subscribe. Don't rate and review. Right. So for Joe, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are all death machines. Death machines. Death machines. One step into the future where murder is no longer a crime, only a job.